FGC Hollywood. Stay classy. By the way, you're gonna be in shock when you find out what I played this week. Uh, Starts with an M. Maple Story? <laughs> no. Ah, oh, damn, dude, you have my hopes up. I was like, damn, did Broken play Old Maple? I actually did play Old Maple a long, yeah. long time ago. I I know that sounds hilarious, but a long time ago in a faraway land. As a wee lad. As a wee lad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of FGC Hollywood episode 51. Here we are, two weeks later, but uh, that's going to change soon. My name is Max Spicer. I am joined by, again, the second seat here at FGC Hollywood, Mr. Brokenwing himself, a.k.a. Pringle the Two. Broken, how you doing, my friend? Another wonderful day. Beautiful. Hey, we're on time, my friend. You know, actually, actually on time. Yeah, we are. And also, my favorite thing about today was the fact that I didn't get any sleep, and so I was like, "Ah, oh, crap! I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a zombie at school." Hmm. And I go to my first class. Literally, the teacher's like, "Here's the assignment." Okay, you can go to class. You can go home now. And I was like, "What?" Damn, they made I you come in for that. Yeah, I was like, I looked at the clock, and I was like, "We were literally in class for like 20 minutes. That's a world record." Damn. And so I got home, and I was like, "What do I do with all this extra time?" And so I laid them bed, and I was like. I feel so much better now. And then as soon as it was 12.40, I go to class, and the teacher's like, okay, since it's finals week, all you're going to do today is I'm going to give you an assignment that's due next week. You don't even have to come in on Tuesday unless you need help with the assignment. Right. Other than that, meet at me on Thursday. We'll do the final, and then... And I was like... Nice. So we're leaving? And she was like, yeah, you're good. Then do you get a do you get a break after finals between two semesters? Or how does that work? Uh, it's been so a while since I've been in college. So basically, you have to sign up per semester. Right. And the thing that's special about my class is that since I'm doing the spring semester, apparently to get the final semester for before I do my associates, I have to take a third semester in fall, and they only this class is only available in the fall. And mm. I'm not feeling very confident in my coding skills. So I made a, a decision where I'm going to, after this semester, I'm going to take a break, get a job in coding, learn coding. And then once I feel comfortable, I'll just finish. I'll wait for fall semester and then I'll finish my, uh, my associates. That's smart. So I can have that nice little pretty paper. Yeah. So that when I actually go and get a gaming, like a gaming job, they'll be like, oh, you have the nice pretty picture. Yeah. And also you have like a year to encoding yeah and then they're gonna look at your resume and was like and you're a pro streamer hired and a pro streamer <laughs> and you go to tournament oh man pro streamer over here went to evo and combo breaker at the same year what a legend but then they look it was like but you went to comic-con and got a p5 poster not hired <laughs> actually that was that was two years ago so i, I don't want to hear them say shit right it's all good um but anyway, it's nice to be back. Obviously, we were on a bi-weekly schedule, so no podcast last week. But it was nice having uh, Pringle to one here. We did a three-man show. I know it was kind of weird pacing-wise because we had to cut off the show. We started late, and then we had to end early. Um, and then I kind of finished the show with the editing magic, which, by the way, 
if you're an audio listener to this podcast, there might be some editing magic happening with this one. TBD. I don't want to make any promises, but uh, there's something that happened in the FGC that I want to talk about, and Pringle is the perfect person to talk about or talk about it with. We'll see if we can make it work. Today is Thursday as we're recording this now. You and I broke in mm-hmm. on, on Saturday or Sunday. If Pringle can uh, can make it work with the schedule, I'll oh, just I'll, oh. I'll yeah uh, we'll add that block to the uh, the podcast. But we'll see what happens. I don't want to make any promises, but that's the plan for now. Yeah. So we'll have a bit of an asynchronous podcast through on the audio platforms. Obviously, if you're here live on Twitch uh, TV slash FGC Hollywood, you're not getting that. But it's okay. This is a podcast. You're listening to us in your ears. Uh, I got another feedback too, by the way, um, and this is something that I did want to make sure that I don't do is now that the podcast is live and it's not on Twitch and we're talking about things that we're seeing visually, the, there's no real context for the people that are listening. So I'm going to try to do a better job of if I'm talking about something like, for example, that big ass pokey feet poster behind your wall that I'll describe it as best as I can. And uh, the well, biggest poster on the it's, wall. It's a big ass poster. I didn't think it was going to be that big, Brogan. It's, it's bigger than I thought. So let me let me describe this thing. And you can honestly, for anybody that's listening, you can go on Google, type in Pokey Feet, and that's the picture that's on Broken's Wall right now. It's Pokimane. She's in a white chair. I think she's wearing a black blouse of some sort. And she's holding one of those ASMR mics where it has like the ear end on it. And yep. uh, it's a close-up shot on both of her feet with those big ass toes. <laughs> and it's and right next to his window. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's got a little bit of of, ta- of chat text on it. And uh, I don't know if she's looking directly at you or if she's looking at the mic or what she's doing, but um, the feet are big. They're big feet. And uh, the the poster is quite large. The 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 people of Hollywood voted for that poster. And oh you know, I God. wanted I wanted to fly Juna, which was just Juna's face with a <laughs> on a on a body of a fly, and he was rubbing his hands as a play on you know Juna saying, "Hey, what's up, guys?" Uh, and then think of a single vote. But here you are with pokey feet on your wall. How do you feel about this? I'm very upset because that poster <laughs> is like public minutes number one. Like nobody could see that publicly. Like if Fly Juno was there, that'd have been sick. I'd have yeah. been able to just like <laughs> not, I would tack that to the wall. Okay, like just keep that. Shit I on don't there. care. But like yeah. pokey feet, that that's gonna be podcast exclusive. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. I'm gonna have to put take that down i do think it's a great story though i mean you, you can have people come into your chat while you're streaming and then be like hey why do you have a picture of pokemon and there you go you got a topic to talk about and be like hey so listen this is what happened i'm on this podcast the people voted and they chose the cringiest picture to put on <laughs> i had a classmate come over for uh homework help for coding and the moment he saw that poster he's like i can no longer look at your wall and Damn. i was like i understand 100 percent I can no longer look at this wall. Yeah. And it's right next to my bed. I, I do want to say, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started. I want to comment on your wall. So the wall has, let me count here. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight posters on there. They're all different sizes. Yep. So it's actually one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, eight posters. So you have eight posters. Uh, I will say your taste and in, in some of the stuff that's on that wall is both really good and Kind of poor, but you'll explain the poor ones. The the first one that caught my eye, you have a Samurai Jack poster behind you with Jack in front and a coup behind him. That is a cold poster. I love Samurai Jack. That's a great one. 
Uh, yeah. That's like OG. That's not even season five. That's like season one Samurai Jack. Uh, what a great poster. Where'd you get that one? So, fun fact. That poster, the Samurai Jack, the Mike Tyson one from the Punch-Out, and the Persona poster all come from the same artist. Okay. So, what happened was I used to live in Oxnard, California, back when I used to work at the, in the Navy on a base called Point Magoo, California. You can look it up. I promise you. Shout out to up. Point Magoo. Yeah, shout out to Point Magoo, a.k.a. Fuck, uh, AKA Area 52. Okay. At least not the, the one in it's New Mexico. Not actually, <laughs> it's not actually Area 52, but like mm. it's in bumfuck nowhere. It's like okay. on a swamp. Aren't they so all, everyone, though? No, because when I used to live in... Like when I used to live in Japan, it was in a base in an actual city called Atsugi. Mm. And like I was like, oh nice. I'm in Ayase Prefecture. It's like quiet. It's like really close to Tokyo. So it's like You didn't, you didn't get any posters there? What the hell? That's like Weeb City. I know. God damn I it. Got, I did not get any. What a I missed also opportunity. I did not get any t shirts because as a five foot eleven American, I'm too tall for anything. In Japan. Really? I don't think Japanese people are that small, are they? 5'11 is like still kind of average, isn't it? This is a medium. You want to know what this is in Japan? Uh, extra, an extra large. Extra, extra large. Damn. So, yeah, there was They're no so size for me. Really? They're, and also, they're dainty. Dainty people. And also, when I would walk around, I would tower like actual like people. They would look up and be like, what the hell is that? Because, you know, there's xenophobia, but then there's xenophobia. And also, why are you tall? <laughs> Come on. They, they've had to have seen. They, they should be used to by now for all the gaijins walking around. Military, weebs. There's a bunch in of business Tokyo, people. No. Mm. So in Tokyo, no. But when I, when I would go back to Atsugi, they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I just wanted to compliment you on the uh, both congratulations on the pokey feet. I think that's funny. Uh Compliment you on the Samurai Jack poster. The Mike yeah. Tyson punch out one, which uh, that's a great one. Mike Tyson is towering over Little Mac. He looks huge. Little Mac looks tiny. And they're looking to, to, to get ready for a scrap. That one's great. Uh, the yeah, Persona 5 Mario one, though. And, uh, there's Mario and also, you know, Coach right there. Mm -hmm. And what's also really cool is that if you look really closely at Mike Tyson, on his chest are all the faces of the other contestants oh uh, that's so cold that's that's a great poster that's a great poster i, I gotta give it to you that's great uh also the cool thing about the one over there for the samurai jack one is that he actually 3d layered a coup Man. so there's actual like textures on a coup like that's like they're sick it's like what, veins and what stuff. a great show what a great show i love samurai jack really underrated cartoon network really uh we did a good job of that show and then adult swim killed oh, it oh man the final so season Wim killed it with season five although i will say i don't like the ending they chose i saw the actual original ending that they they were going to have which is that the gods granted samurai jack like his final wish which mm. was to have a coup's daughter to marry him so they actually gave really him a coup's daughter i didn't know that was the original one yeah but the ending was the somber one... very bittersweet right yeah, it was bittersweet. And I, I was like, wait, what? That's yeah. how you're going to end it? But then I like, I saw behind the scenes and they actually had it so that the gods were like, since you did the job, you know, mm. since you saved the world, here is her daughter. 
Yeah. You know? I mean, I listen, Samurai Jack at the at, in the inception of it, it's a story of it's a tragic story, right? And he's he's fighting a coup, he's sent back to the future, he's constantly trying to find the way back to the past to defeat a coup, and he's keeps, you know, having either make sacrifices or a coup gets in the way or whatever happens. So it does make sense to me that the series ended that way. Spoilers, by the way, to season five of Samurai Jack. You should watch it anyway. It's so good. I mean, Scar- oh, yeah. Scaramouche. Scaramouche is so cool. Like, <laughs> I, people were giving him shit, and I was just like, man, he's great. He's a great villain character. Uh, a lot of shout-outs, very specific shout-outs that are um, not, they're, like, they're, they're nuanced. They're not, like, deliberate to uh, old villains and old characters in the show. So season five of Samurai Jack is great. Excellent. Hell, episode two was insane. The whole, yeah. like, him thinking that he just lost his way because he's an immortal now. So mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know what to do. I've been here for a thousand years wandering the oh, world. Man. And so, like, the the ghost spirit of, like, honor said, kill yourself. And yeah. He was about to do it. And then he met a wolf. And the wolf was, like, injured. And so, it yeah. like, the wolf represented him and his yeah. will to live. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you telling me that? I was like, it was so great. So the the tomb scene against the daughters of a coup. I don't want to give too much away. I do want people listening to this to watch Samurai Jack. If you haven't, uh, watch it. I mean, it's five seasons. I think you can probably find it actually, online. It's great. Actually, you don't even have to watch seasons one through four. Uh, Scaramouche actually said that he designed season five to be a like begin and end. Like you don't need to watch season. I do think you need a little bit of of the past you, to kind of yeah, understand what's happening. But yeah, I mean, a standalone season five is still really good. But I do think it makes it better once you know what kind of what what Jack went through for, for four seasons trying to get back to the past, and you know, just trials and tribulations, and having you know all all the the stuff happen. Um, but yeah, that I think I think that show is a masterpiece, uh, especially season five. I thought it was great. Uh, Broken, we kind of went a little too fast because we started talking about the poster. It's so big. I mean, her feet are right in my face. Yes. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't stop talking about it. But uh, yeah, so we are currently recording bi-weekly, right? And you know what I found is that two things. One, I don't know about you, but personally, I felt that I have been like out of rhythm as far as doing the podcast again. And two, I find that we either have too much to talk about or not enough to talk about or, or well no it's we i think what with, with two weeks i think is great because the content does build over two weeks as opposed to one but we can't get to it all especially if we have like a bunch of listener questions and i hate skipping those because you know i want the community to be a part of this podcast so i think going back to weekly i think is too much um but what i would like to do i would like to do three shows a month i think that one is doable it gives us the option to call an audible being like, hey, this is a slow week. Do I really want to like bring a topic out of my ass and try to like cover an hour for this, or do we want to skip it and just do a sh- for like the third month or the third week? Yeah. So, how do you feel about three shows a month instead of a biweekly format? I think that's fine because it gives us a a one week buffer just in case we have what we had this week because the FGC doesn't quit apparently. Lately, it hasn't. It hasn't. Um, Every week, we have so many story after story after story. I'm, I was lost the day, like, I actually didn't, re- I knew AT&T tournament was coming up, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's going to bring some controversy. And then it yeah. came, and I was like, 
what the hell is going on on Twitter? Why is it like FGC on fire? And I was like, what's going on? And then I like, I scrolled and then I saw, and I was like, oh, yeah. FG. I called it. I called it. Well, we'll talk about it. It's a part, um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but it's more like an over, overarching theme that I have uh, for the FGC using that tournament as an example. So we'll definitely talk about that as part of the topic of the week. So yeah, three shows a month. I think that's doable. And uh, soon, I'm trying to get the wheels turning on FGC Hollywood Plus. Uh, unfortunately, I had some snags in my personal life that did not help me in that department. But uh, that's coming soon, hopefully. Um, and then last but not least, before we start talking about other things, uh, appreciate Patreon, of course, uh, supporting this show. Appreciate Discord, FGC and Hollywood Discord. You can... Uh, find the description or find the links for both of those in the description of every YouTube video of this show or get to me and uh, Mac on yeah. the discord. We're yeah. active there. Yeah, we are. You can find, uh, find us on Twitter or whatever I have actually, before we get to other things, I have a question for you and th- I yeah, just, I just want your opinion. I haven't like made any moves or anything, but I just started thinking about something today. I was like, do you think it would be cheating? If I decided to make like a separate YouTube channel that mm-hmm. separates my identity from whatever, FGC Hollywood, Max Splicer, video games as a whole, right? If I just wanted to make a separate YouTube channel talking about something unrelated, do you think that's cheating if I also made a Discord for that community if it ended up, you know, getting larger and I would have two discords, one for, focused on games and the other one focused on non-games. But this was my stipulation. I wanted to see how long, if I made a different channel talking about whatever, life as a 20-year-old boomer in 2022, that's what that, a channel I wanted to make. How long would it take for people that know me from FGC Hollywood and fighting games to, to find, find that channel. channel without ever saying Max Splicer, without ever saying anything, fighting games, nothing. Not even saying the channel's name anywhere. How long would it take? That was like an experiment. I wanted to know, like, how long would it take for people to find out? Because I'm really small, right? Like 10K subs mm-hmm. in 2022, that's like, that's like 150 back in 2007, right? So that's like not exactly. a lot. So I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, that would be a neat experiment. Also, am I cheating on FGC Hollywood if I do that? The answer, funnily enough for me, is no, because I shit you not, they're like major people that have like four Twitter accounts because there's their DGEN account, their <laughs> not safe for work account, their I'm personally going to give you my goddamn opinion account and my professional account mm. where yeah. I don't, where, you know, this is my public account that I, you know, am professional, like this is the sponsor account. And then you have that suit and tie, and then you have yeah. your, your your the Gen uh, Weeb shirt on. Yeah, you have your DGen shirt on, where you're like, "This is the account where I follow all the DGen art." And then you have your not safe for work art, where it's like, "Yes, send me all the lewd." <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if I kind of want to separate from fighting games, not so much because I don't like fighting games anymore, but just to try to like find motivation in other ways." So I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if that's cheating. I wonder if." if I don't tell people on FGC Hollywood, because I don't think that audience would be interested in other stuff, right? I think they come for the fighting game podcast. They come for the fighting game scene in Hollywood. Not so much for me. Uh, So I kind of wanted to see, I wanted to experiment. I was like, so I'm thinking about it. I haven't made any decisions. 
I mean, to be fair, all the Annie tubers on YouTube, they all do it. You know, yeah. Giguk, Anime Man, they all have separate channels where it's like, this is my personal vlog or this is where I, I go by my real name and I just mm. talk about whatever I want to. And then you have, you know, their YouTube anime channel where they talk about the anime for the week. So I think it's fine. Okay. All right. I'll take that into consideration. Um, but yeah. Hey, speaking of anime and stuff, before I get to my little list here of weeb manga that I'm reading, uh, are you watching any Spy X Family? Oh, my God. I, so what happened was yesterday, my brother was sick. And I had to do like 20 different loops to go pick him up because where my parents live, they live in this like small little town called. Don't give out the town name. <laughs> I'm not going to give out the address. Okay. The also, who cares? Anyways, as I was saying, so this little town has this special little thing because they're a white gated community. Okay. And so as white gated communities always are, they're like super private about everything. So I'm not on the registry to pick up my brother and sister. Do they have the sign on the street corner with like neighborhood watch and it's just a guy with binoculars and a coat? <laughs> Shady looking drawing? You'd be surprised, but no. Mm. Although like when you drive, there's always someone watching you. Old lady like, Karen? Oh, yeah, exactly. Or old man Karen or like I have 20 kids for some unbeknownst reason because I do, I do nothing but like collect paychecks. Oh, one of those. Yeah. So anyways, so I go to the school with like all my IDs and I'm like, look, my brother called me. He's sick. My mom's in Panama. My dad's asleep because he works nights. Wait, how does this tie to, to Spy X family? So I had to come. I had to bring him to my house because dad's asleep. I don't okay. want to wake him up. Right. Yeah. Right. So my brother's like, oh, so this is the new apartment. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. There's my TV right here. So I have three monitors, actually. Mm -hmm. that. And I actually got a TV mount, so it's actually going to be right there sooner, later, this Saturday. Nice. So what happened is I was like, all right, sit down, watch Spy Cross Family, because he's a huge anime weeb, but he hasn't watched it yet. Mm -hmm. And I told him, oh, by the way, uh, Spy Cross Family beat Attack on Titan by like one point with only two episodes. One point of on what scale? Uh, so in terms of like viewer, viewer appreciation and love, Spy Cross Family has a 96 or a 90.1 or 90.6 and like Attack on Titan has either a 95 or a 90.5. So they, I was like, bro, Spy Cross Family is so good at beat Attack on Titan and it's only like two episodes. Well, I mean, Attack on Titan has also has been finished with the manga, so it's I think it's not played out, but you know, it's been around, so I, I could see how it's starting to slow down as far as also it's overrated, but we won't get to that. The weeds will come yeah. after my throat. So to see this is why I gotta like migrate to a I different know. channel. <laughs> um But uh Episode so, two was good though. I thought episode one was a little not lackluster, but the pacing was a little too fast. I didn't think it was as good. And episode two I thought was much better because they they did a better job of portraying the characters the way the manga did, which I, I read the manga. I buy them all. I don't know if you can see them. They're, they're right behind me. Um, I think I'm caught up with English volumes, at least the translated ones. And But episode two, I thought was much better. So I'm going to keep watching. You know me. I'm not an anime guy. I think the medium is trash, but it's actually good. It's actually good. Yeah. But uh, so I was watching it with him. And my brother's like, so I've heard about Spy Cross Family, but I ha I ha I'm so excited to watch this. 
I was like, you have access to my account. Why didn't mm-hmm. you watch it? He's like, I wanted to watch it with you. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. So he watches it. And he was like, he after episode one, he's like, I don't know what to expect, but I already know this is the, the top five anime. Like, already. The manga is really good. Seen, I was like, you haven't even seen episode two yet. And so he watches episode two. He's like, never mind. This is top one anime yeah. of the year. It's great. I mean, who would have thought that like a 1950s European setting family comedy with like action would be so captivating? Because, you, oh, you know, you know, you always think about like high school teenagers getting superpowers. And that's like usually what is popular nowadays. But you know what I found with myself is uh, we'll get to the, the whole manga section is but I'm like a like a demographic. uh I guess, case study? I don't know what you want to call it. Like, whatever the demographic is supposed to be for my age, that's what I read and enjoy. So, like, when I was younger, I loved the shonen stuff, like Naruto, yeah. Dragon Ball, all that stuff. Now that I'm, like, 28, I like the, what is it, Sinan? Sinan? How do you say that? Um, uh, I think, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. I'm never going to actually do it, because, like, when I speak Japanese, for some reason, my voice gets lower, and it gets more polite, and I'm Sinan. just like, <laughs> just do it come on do it for the people uh sumimasen arigato <laughs> very nice very professional um yeah so and like i'll I be always, the guy i you. always wonder about that too i'm like why is it when i say those because i don't know many japanese words i knew those words because those are the words you have to say in right. order to get anyone's attention and like every time i spoke like that like my voice fluctuates i'm like why yeah Anyway, I think I like those those type of uh, manga and, yeah, mostly manga stuff now, where it's like uh, out of high school, usually out of high school, or if it's in high school, it has some sort of psychological uh, theme to it, which I kind of want to talk about now. Um, I've been reading, I talk about Blood on the Tracks a lot on this podcast, which is a manga by uh, Shuzo Shimi, and... He's done a lot of really good things. I have yet to read Flowers of Evil, but I heard that's one of his, one of his, like his um, magnum opus. So that's like one of his best works. And I have yet to read that one because I kind of want to finish Blood on the Tracks when that's done and then compare it to, to Flowers of Evil because Flowers of Evil is obviously already done. So, but I love his stuff. It's really good. So recently I finished reading uh, Inside Mari, which was an excellent read. It's like 80 chapters and it's really good. I don't even want to really want to say what it's about because I, I, I think... If you describe it in any sort of way, it gives it away. So mm-hmm. if you just like Shuzo Shimi's work, if any of his stuff resonates with you, especially with the way he portrays um, the psychological effects of relationships, especially in adolescence, that's something that you might like. Um, so Inside Mari, I thought, was an excellent read. And then I'm also reading one, another one of his works, but I don't, I can't really recommend this to everybody because I don't know how people are going to feel about this. It's called Welcome Home, Alice. And, um, it's, What's that about? okay. So, um, it's about, um, it's about a boy who's clearly confused. Uh, he has issues, um, mostly with like confidence and relationships. And he's, um, he's just, you know, obviously adolescence. He, I think he's like 17 or whatever. So he's still trying to figure out his life and, uh, not a lot of friends, a bit of a loner. He had friends growing up. And then he had one friend that um, left and came back. And he came back as, like, non-binary. So he's not 
a boy and he's not a girl, but he looks like a girl. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. And like, I don't know how the, the translation is all weird. So I don't know if they're supposed to use they or him or she or whatever, but uh, it's, it's different. And uh, there's a lot of psyche going on with, um, it's kind of like almost like a love triangle happening. But a lot of it has to do with like, uh, the way certain actions, deliberate ones, will mess with somebody's head from mostly two parties against one. It's uh, it's a little screwy. So if people like that stuff, they can check out Welcome Home Alice. Uh, that Welcome Home Alice and Blood on the Tracks are the two ongoing ones. I think Blood on the Tracks is not even done, but I think that one's already a masterpiece as far as uh, that's concerned. Welcome Home Alice could be really good too. So we'll see how that ends. I think there's a there's an anime. I think it was last season. I don't know if it was this season or the last season or the season before that was exploring something like that, where basically it's about a guy who looks like a girl, and he doesn't feel comfortable in boy clothes. He doesn't feel comfortable as a guy, mm-hmm. and so like one day he literally goes to he's like in high school, and so like one day he literally goes to school in like female clothing, and like it it's exploring like the options of like like identity crisis and stuff right starting to notice that the world is starting to like change how it's viewing like what your identity is and stuff like that they're definitely exploring uh, that subject more so than they have prior just because i think also you know not to just talk shop but i think it's also probably good for sales as far as you know, exploring that type of stuff just because it's happening now, it's current. So I think it's probably a good business decision um, and it's new. So, but yeah, I mean, I think his work is interesting. He, I mean, he writes all sorts of stuff. Shuzo Shimi, uh, check out his work if you like his type of style. Um, I would read Blood on the Tracks if I were you. I, I heard Flowers of Evil is really good, but I'll get to that when I get to that. Uh, last thing that I have as far as the last uh, two weeks, I uploaded a beginner guide on YouTube for Shomi Nozuki, the personalist version. Um, he's sort of turned into my main character in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax now. I play him the most, even though I said I was going to play Narukami. So, uh, behind me, you can't really see it, but, um, behind me is a picture of Sho. Oh, he, he's the middle one. It. Uh, Narukami is the one to my left. Um, or I guess to my right, to my left or yeah. Your left. yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I uploaded a beginner guide for him. So if you like show, you can go to my YouTube channel and um, I, I see what it's all about. Why is Paul on the ground? There's a bunch of people on the ground. So um, I have Onohana on the ground, and I have uh, Big Daddy on the ground. I just don't have space. <laughs> so, uh, but I have a bunch of them. So once I move into my own place, they'll all be on the wall, and uh, hopefully you can see my, all my collection too, because I have um, those are all. Uh, spy cross family or X family, whatever you want to call it, and then a bunch of one punch mans on there. So, um, if there's one thing, by the way, that I love that about Spy Cross Family finally having an anime is that Twitter is a flooded with nothing but your forger art, and I'm like, yeah. I'm all for it because I was I was saying as a joke back in like 2018 when it started mm-hmm. the manga, I was like, Yo, your is so godlike. I'm gonna send. She's... As a, it was a joke, but like, as soon as the anime came, like when the anime was announced, I was like, "Yor is going to flood the internet, mm-hmm. and Anya is going to flood the meme space." Anya is great. She's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I love Anya. She's she's the best. Um, Yor, I will say something that I've I've noticed. 
listen, she's great. Um, I think she's really cool and she's great at like the wife, uh, mother role, right? Also, obviously she's an assassin. She, she's really badass. One thing, of course, the internet does it with every female character that they see. I thought that they, the art, especially the fan art, they waifu'd her up way too much. I'm like, damn, why you gotta like make her such a, like a, obviously she's attractive, but I thought that they did, they went a little too much with the art. And I was like, all right, I don't see her that way. I just see her as like a, you know, like a badass. A cool badass yeah. assassin. Like uh, Nina Williams or Anana Williams? Something something like that, but maybe not as provocative, right? But especially on in Anna's case. Nina is more like, you know, down to business, but um that's uh I mean, I don't care. Hey, do whatever you want, fan art. But I just was like, damn, why you gotta do that? Um because I don't see her in that light, you know. She's not like a Shermie type to me. Like she's like a badass chick. So I was like, I don't know. She's also oblivious as hell. Like that's one of the charms about her. I also I always found it weird how she's so motherly towards Anya, mm-hmm. even though like their relationship is a sham, but like she went all in on the, uh, the idea of like, I'm Anya's mother. Right. And I'm like, you know, to be honest, it is so sweet. How no, it's great. Like, you're literally like, I'm going to protect this child yeah. and I'm going to be the greatest mother, mm-hmm. even though I have no skills in anything but cleaning. Yeah, she can't cook, but she does kick people with fucking heels on and shit, so that's great. Yeah, her kick is... Every time she kicks people in the in the manga and now in the anime, I'm like, bro, you're breaking <laughs> the laws of physics. She is. Uh, but that's my weeb stuff. We talked about your Pokefeet debut. That was the first thing mm-hmm. that caught our attention. Uh, I have a question. So I see you on Twitter cha- yeah. challenging your homework to a death match. What's that about? <laughs> So what happened is that secretly I was having like bouts of depression because like I missed a few class like assignments mm-hmm. and then they all started like I got afraid of looking at the actual website. To started piling assignment. up, and right? So it started piling up. And so like I went on a death march. I saw that. I was like, damn, I, you, I was like, you like, good? <laughs> I did like three exams and 12 quizzes all in one night. I was Dang. like, I'm gonna get caught up. I'm Cramming. going to, I'm going to win. All right, I'm not gonna let this. Like, I I moved to a new apartment, so I feel better. I'm not in this headspace anymore. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna win. All right, I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna like fail and yeah. then just drown out. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish strong. So I I'm I'm going heavy hard. I'm like catching up on all my assignments. So. Yeah, so you conquered conquered the uh, homework demon then. Mostly. Mostly. It's it's the only thing I have left is honestly like a few quizzes that were like locked behind bars, but oh, those yeah. quizzes they're like they have 15 minute timers on them so they're not that that long. Like most of those quizzes have like six questions to it. Mm-hmm. And then they just gave me a new exam because it's finals week so right. there's that. So that means there's three exams. And then, like, three essays, which the teacher for the essays, he doesn't want three pages, but he doesn't want, like, one paragraph. So I can give him, like, maybe three paragraphs and call it a day for each one. Which, to be fair, I'm the master of bullshit. (laughs) I can give you a three... I can give you a five, like, five-paragraph essay and turn it into three pages. Nice. I do it all the time. Bunch of filler words and stuff. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, good luck. I believe you can do it. Home stretch broken. Home stretch. Yeah. So the uh, broken. We spent like an hour talking about non-fighting games. So <laughs> we probably should uh, try to get, get to some. Yeah. yeah um, first things first. We got podcast corrections. Uh, this is Armand. It's technically Zio, but it's Armand because I like the way he phrased this. So he said this on YouTube. He was reiterating something that Zio said uh, in our Discord about the whole SNK Saudi Prince purchase. Uh, SNK doesn't have control on who buys their stock. Once you're a publicly traded company, whoever owns the stock can sell it to whoever. The company doesn't have any say in most situations unless there's shady dealings going on behind the scenes. So that's something that I had to be corrected on. You know, I was. The way I phrase it, I was like, oh, SNK was, is doing business with the Saudi prince, who's obviously a, quite the uh, the bad guy. Um, that's not how it works, right? Publicly traded, that means it's uh, kind of up to grabs if you got the monies. And he has all the monies, so. He has several game companies, I've heard. Apparently, he's got ties with Riot Games. He's got ties with Capcom. He's got t- ties with, like... I, I don't think other... the, Riot, the Riot thing is um, a thing anymore. I think they... They X that. Uh, he used to, but I think they they sever ties. But uh, EA, actually, we have a question here. So this is a a question that pants in my pants and and uh, on Discord. Uh, he asked a little after we recorded two weeks ago. So he, here's what pants said. He says SNK is under fire because of the recent 96% acquisition by the Crown Prince. Um, Folks in the FGC are saying they will never touch an SNK game ever again, and some are saying they could care less because at the end of the day, not only does the same company have stakes in Capcom and EA, like you just said, but a majority of companies you purchase through have terrible ties and backers you are indirectly feeding money to. So he's basically saying it's kind of the price of doing business. You know, you're going to give money to bad people sometimes, and this is not the only example of that. The other thing he says is we are most likely not equipped to speak on this on a highly intellectual level, which I agree. My opinion is simply that personally, I think there is far too much nuance in both arguments that can be both correct. This is too subjective of a matter to be black or white on. I'm sad to see this become a reality for SNK and devs can't control who buys public shares. And I don't see myself supporting or rather I don't see myself not supporting future releases. I say all this to ask your opinion on this issue and if this is a higher issue than just the FGC. So I've had this issue talked to about with me because of um, Blizzard Entertainment and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I'll play Overwatch with my friends and stuff like that. And people are like, why do you play Overwatch? You know, Overwatch has that controversy. And I said, and I always, I have always had this mindset 100% of the time, which is, Separate the art from the artist, okay? If you like the art, if you like the medium, but you hate the artist, separate the art from the artist, okay? Because funnily enough, the art isn't just that one person that you hate, okay? There's multiple people that are attached to the art. And then when it came to like the Blizzard situation with like Overwatch and all that, I was like, you know, you can boycott blizzard all you want but when you boycott blizzard you're not hurting you know the person that you want to hurt you're hurting the people that work on the game that like are getting taxed to death and all that so like it's a double-edged sword yes you don't like the guy but like if you don't support the company because you you don't support that guy you know bobby kodak Mm -hmm. which is if you don't support bobby kodak you're not hurting Bobby Kotick. 
Bobby Kodak's got a golden parachute. The moment he leaves, he's taking like 2.4 or whatever the hell with him. Okay. He could care less what happens. Yeah. He's getting paid. All right. He's he's golden. He doesn't need to do anything. All he needs to do is sit pretty and let nothing happen. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all he has to do. But if you don't support Blizzard, you're hurting all the programmers. You're hurting all the designers. You're hurting all the artists, sound engineers, everyone that like broke their back and like didn't spend time with their family to make the game you love. So, yeah. I mean, well said, like I said, uh, or actually, like you said, it is a double-edged sword. And I don't I don't say if you support SNK, you're a bad person. And I also don't say if you don't support SNK, then you're a bad you're, person. Like, it's, or, it's or a you're double-edged like, sword. I don't think like you're a good person by not supporting SNK, but I don't think you're a bad person if you support them. I mean, it's a, I don't know, it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation, but... I do agree with you. You do want to separate the medium from, or the art from the artist. Obviously, in this situation, not every situation is going to be like that. Like, you can't have, like, oh, this is a painting, and it's really cool, but it was done by, like, a pedophile. It's like, well, I, now I kind of can't support, because, you know, yeah. it's just one person, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I think, for sure, in this situation... Because, here's the thing... When Project L comes out, when Street Fighter Six comes out, no one's going to bat an eye, even though, again, he owns stock or mm-hmm. trades or ties with it. So it's like, so then why are you go- going in for SNK when he still owns yeah. Capcom and, like, you know, Riot, too? So, like, why is, is everyone just going to forget because, yep. you know, Street just... Fighter Six and Project L are apparently, like, the games? Yeah, it's just, you know, the price of doing business sometimes, so it's unfortunate, but it kind of is a situation. But um, I don't know. We'll keep an eye out on that whole that whole ordeal, and we'll see what happens in the future with SNK. But now we can finally get to some news. Round one, FGC News. Brogan, we just talked about it. Two news items. And uh, the first one, you said it was a controversial topic. I'm I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about this. So uh, let's talk about this first one. So Evo 2022 early registration numbers. So on April 16, 2022, the official Evo Twitter account released the early registration numbers to the public, and some of the results may surprise you. I know they surprised me, at least uh, that lower half. So early bird leaderboard looks like this. Number nine, Skullgirl, second encore. Number eight, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Number seven, Melty Blood type Lumina, not Maple Story. Number six, Dragon Ball Fighters. Number five, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Number four, Tekken 7. Number three, The King of Fighters 15. Number two, Street Fighter V Champion Edition. And at number one, Guilty Gear Strive. Go figure. Um, the reason why this is this order is significant, rather, is due to the new rule change that has to do with this upcoming Evo. It's going to take effect this year. So the games with the most number of entrants will close out the show as opposed to having a predestined order before the tournament even starts. So this makes a, a pretty big impact on how the weekend will look for Evo based on player numbers. So if the standings remain the same on the day Evo closes its uh, registration, if it remains the same as today, these four titles are going to be on main stage. So Tekken 7, The King of Fighters 15, Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition, and Guilty Gear Strive 
will be main stage in that order. They will close out the show on Championship Sunday, and the lower four games will be played to a finish on the first two days of the tournament. So Friday, Saturday will be four games, and then Sunday, Championship Sunday, will be those top four for the tournament. And uh, yeah, finally, EVO 2022 is scheduled to take place on August 5th through the 7th at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we still got some time as we're recording this. It's only April 21st. So a lot of uh, a lot of entrants still will probably flock to Evo. We'll see what the final numbers are. I'm sure they'll update us. But um, before we get to CEO's question, he had a, he had a few this week, mostly because they all got rolled back. But yeah, let's just talk about this part. So I any, can explain why the controversy. Off, okay, go ahead. Yeah, there's two controversies. So one. The reason why this is happening, the whole like whatever game has the most order is going to close, is because la 2019, mm. if this was true, Tekken 7 would have closed. It wouldn't have been Street Fighter 5 because more people signed up for Tekken 7 than Street Fighter 5. Yeah. And people were upset because they're like, why is Street Fighter 5 closing when it didn't have as many entrants as Tekken 7? Okay. And so, and the reason behind it is because most tournaments that are run, unless it's Frosty Fausting, because Frosty Fausting is like more anime focused. But Guilty, Guilty Gear is always going to close Frosty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's literally. It's in the name. name. Yeah. But uh, other than that, most tournaments, they go by whoever has the highest pot or, you know, the most entrance. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that close. Except for Evo. Evo has always been Street Fighter will close. And so... It's just like, grand, new, it's like grandfathered in, I'm assuming. Yeah. So under the new management, which is technically the old management plus the new guy. And Sony, right? Yeah, and Sony. And, and Pokemon. And Pokemon. <laughs> um, it's been decided that this will be the new way. So that's... I think it's good. Way. I like it. I like it too, because it, it, it makes it so that like... The impetus is on every game has a chance. It's not just, oh, hey, we're going to watch Street Fighter at the end. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, this is the second controversy, and it ties in with the second topic of the week. So, apparently, I'm going to say the first part of the controversy, and then I'll say the second part once we get done with the second topic of the week. All okay. Right? All right. So, IGN had an article written. Uh -oh. This is actually a <laughs> that very is controversial. <laughs> this is a very interesting article. It basically writes why Dragon Ball Fighter fans hate the newest season and hate the newest character, and why no one's playing Dragon Ball Fighters. Because of lab coat, it's literally lab coat, and the fact that there's no news, no update, mm. nothing. It's just nothing to look forward to. Exactly. So, like, the fans are like, "What? Lab coat's overpowered." So it's either you play Lab Coat or you don't play the game. No rollback. No rollback. Why not just play Strive at that point if you're, unless you're really tethered to the IP Dragon Ball, right? Either you're, most Dragon Ball fighters are either tied to the IP or they're tied to the, the mechan, the t tag team mechanic. Okay. Yeah. So like, I can already tell when Project L comes out, like 50% of them or 75% of them are going to just migrate to that. Maybe, yeah. So a lot of people are upset with Namco. And then funnily enough, 
when IGN asked, hey, so any updates on Dragon Ball Fighters? You know, like, because they asked them, they're like, what are, you, what are your opinions on the fact that no one likes Lab Code 21 because she's too overpowered? They're like, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> whatever. And Se- then season four. Like, <laughs> yeah, season four. And then they were like, okay, cool. Well, on to the next topic. What, what updates do you guys have planned for it? Stonewalled. Yeah. No answer. They're like, oh, we, we won't answer that in this time. That's IGN you're talking to. That's mm-hmm. not like Rufamonger. That's not Maximilian. You're literally talking to the face of gaming. Well, at, and you're stonewalling. At, them. At really, at this point in time, I mean, how credible is IGN really? Is Rufamonger that much more credible than IGN at this point? Like, shout out to Rufamonger. <laughs> oh, Ruf. Uh, shout out to Clayton. Let me get him on FGC Hollywood Plus. That dude is uh, quite the quite the guy. Character. Yeah. Actually, if if we could, I would like to get uh the the main three British guys on FGC Hollywood, which is Proxicon, Gecko Squirrel, and Leon Massey. Oh my god. Everybody's sipping tea. If I can get all three of those guys at least one at a time, it'd be lovely. Proxicon because he's a, a freaking memer and all he does is just talk about how Potemkin's the greatest gift. Damn, you're going to you're going to leave out the theory fighter just out like that and he's like, "Ah, he's not British enough." Theory fighter doesn't even sound British, okay? I think he's like and Welsh. He's cool. Yeah. He's cool as hell. I I would love to have a a talk with Theory Fighter. Yeah. But like Theory Fighter is like he is into his craft. Yeah, he is. Um this doesn't have anything to do with Evo per se, but this is something that uh, Zio said. And I kind of actually agree with him. I don't agree with Zio on a lot of things. But this one, I do. He, Zio asks on Patreon, he says, uh, actually, it's not even a question. He just says, all these people posting their Street Fighter V Evo Online champion trophies, how dumb does that look? Everyone is an Evo champion now. I, I agree. I don't think, listen, I think Evo Online winning is some sort of an accomplishment, right? It's not easy per se, but to say that it's the same thing as winning Evo in an intense bracket offline against top-level competition that travels and you have to deal with all those things, you're not just on the couch with your feet put up and you're just there with your PS4 fucking dual pad and shit. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's the same. So people flexing on Twitter, I mean, like, look, Evo, I saw somebody said, like, uh, Evo champ things only or some shit. I'm like, come on, man, like... There's eight other people that have the same trophy as you. I'm going to say this. This might be controversial. I feel like it's very like a mixed bag for Evo Online because Evo Online has more, I hate to say it, more participants than Evo because the simple fact that like people that can't travel can participate in Evo Online. So like more people will join Evo Online because, hey, I can finally join the major that I've always wanted to join. But it's quality so like over quantity, though. Quantity, yes, you're right. So while you have the quality of offline, you have the quantity on online. So like the bracket's that much bigger, you know. But like they're they're quite... region locked as well, so you can have eight Guilty Gear Strive champions because they're all you got your North America region, then you have your South America region, then you have your Japan region, and you have your what Europe region. So it's like. I mean, I, I don't know about that. Wrong with that, but the simple fact that I've I've seen it online a lot is that a lot of people are like, I have a job, I can't travel, so 
I will participate in online Evo. No, I'm saying, so, hey, like, it's cool. It's cool to win Evo online. I mean, that's a great accomplishment, and you should be proud. But to flex and say Evo champ shit only, it's like, well, listen, if Reynold wants to say that, be like, okay, bet, because he won the big one when it was offline against the top competition in the world, right? But if you're just like fucking whatever, Sebastian from France, and you're just like champ shit only, it's like, well, listen here, <laughs> like... Let me see you offline and let me see how you do against the top, the, the best of the best versus, you know, just winning on your couch. It's just different. I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud, but the flex like you won the best against the best of the world. No, you won against a certain region and you happen to be the best on that day. I don't know if you could crown yourself champ shit only. Speaking of, I am excited for Evo solely because Latif and Hotashi are going to have that $1,000 first to 10 money match. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've been talking mad shit to each other. Otashi yeah. is on his hero, his like main hero syndrome arc where he's like, I'm yeah. the best. I don't care. He and does talk a lot of like, shit. He does talk a lot of shit. Like, uh, I will say, I think Hotashi, he's like, he's cool, but I think, I think he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's just like, I just think he talks too much. Like, and it's not even always funny. He's just, I think he's too sensitive about like, his placings and like his tournament results, like that's a directly a part of his identity now, which I mean, fuck, I'm not playing armchair psychologist here, but I'm just saying, I just think that's when I see his Twitter, I think that's how I feel about him. Latif also on every single one of his stream titles puts like number one Zato against whatever, like, all right, we get it. You're really good. <laughs> but like you have to put. To be fair, Latif hasn't lost a game in like four months. Yeah. Well, so, he hasn't uh, lost a set. He hasn't lost a set in four months. Yeah, he hasn't lost a set in four months, which is... That's insane. Like, what? I don't think I've ever heard anyone not lose a set for that long. Like... Yeah. So... Hey, I'll tune in. If those guys play, I'll tune in. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. I'm a, If I actually get my tickets, because people want me to be in Vegas, so mm. I'll try to get it. So... If I get my tickets, I'm 100% going straight into that that first antenna. I'm going to be like right there in the grunge. You know, what I can tell that I could tell that's going to be a grungy match. That would be I, August 5th. You know what would be great is you August 6th. I'm assuming it would be that Saturday. You find out. Hopefully, there's a UFC event in Vegas. So you go to Evil. You play probably Friday. Go 0 and 2. Go to the UFC fights on Saturday. Championship Sunday, you get to, to watch all the all the fights. Yeah, all the, or true. not all the fights, but all the games. I will say this though: um, the thing that I think is interesting as hell is the fact that not only do we have to look for the Hotashi versus Latif, but in Combo Breaker, we get to watch the Midwest versus the West. Don't we, apparently, don't we get to watch that every time? Though? So apparently, the West was talking mad shit. To the Midwest, they're like Rob TV. Oh, that whole saga, yeah, Chris yeah. CCH, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, they got beef. They got beef. So I can't wait to see that. Rob that Rob talks a lot of shit for a guy that doesn't play anymore. He just like he's the guy barking behind his boys and be like, he'll beat your ass. But like, what about you though? <laughs> yeah, well, what about you? Yeah. Look, if Rob TV is so popular, he could find five goons to go and fight the five goons of, yeah. of the West. So it's cool. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the 5v5. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Uh, shaking up things and going back offline, I think it's very important for the FGC. We need it, man. We're, we're too buried 
in our own little comfort spaces and being online and talking shit when we can't back it up. So, yeah, I think going going offline is great. We'll talk about that during the topic of the week. Mm-hmm. But before we that we do that, uh, one more news item, and this has to do with Grand Blue Fantasy versus has an upcoming update. Mm-hmm. So I completely missed this one, but on April seventeenth, twenty twenty two, Arc System Works and Psy Games announced during the recent. This is the mouthful. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Psy Games Cup Special 2022 Final Round Tournament <laughs> that the game will be receiving a major update in June of 2022. Up- shout outs to the uh shout outs to the battlecaster. Oh, uh, Pants- His name was like Pantsu something, and I was like, what a legend. You are a Grand Blue player. Dude, who why did they name their tournament after an Undernight game? That's crazy. Look at all that stuff. Huh? I know. Why can't they just they have a tournament t- title. It's called Rage. Yeah, let's just stick to that. Anyway, um, update version 2.80 will feature three new actions to the battle mechanics along with instructional videos to arrive before the patch goes live. Also, a lot of other cool stuff, such as they had a... Um, they, ha- they did the thing with uh, that Arc System Works did with uh, Guilty Gear Strive where they asked regions, who do you want in the game? That's in here. We'll talk about it. Yep, that was, uh, that was actually cool. Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk about it. But first, Jam has a question on Discord regarding this patch specifically. So I do want to answer him before we move on. So Jam on Discord asks, "What mechanics would you like? Would you add to Grand Blue Versus to make you play the game? Do you have faith in the quote unquote three new actions, new battle system tease?" Um, to prepare for this question, I'll be honest, I haven't watched Grand Blue in probably a year. Like, it's been a long time. Because I didn't like the game coming out. I recently watched some matches of that tournament. The game does look to me different than how I remembered it. I remembered it being not much different, but a little different. Um, And it seemed to me faster. It seemed that the pacing issue that I had with it is not solved, but improved. So I was like, hmm, you know what? Now looking at this game, I could, I probably, I won't get back to it right now, but I could see myself giving another try because it does look different enough from the whatever May of 2020 version that I played it uh, that I could give it a shot. But watching some of the matches, I will say that I think um, defense is still not really interesting in that game. I, I just saw the same type of block string and block pressure that I got used to when I initially was spectating this game. Personally, I think the game is still a little too EX heavy. It's most of the offense. You do something to fish and then you EX attack. Um, That's what I've seen. As far as, and I'm not a player and I don't think I'm I'm at a position that I can request anything for this game because I don't play it. I don't know enough about it. It's changed too much. I can't really speak on it and any sort of educated level. So take that a huge grain of salt here. I would add these. Guard cancel, because it seems like defense is a struggle in that game. So maybe a guard cancel, or maybe a guard cancel roll, because I know the game has a roll. So maybe do that, because I didn't. I don't know if it has it in the game, but I know it has instant blocking, but I, I don't know if you can guard cancel. You can, uh, basically, when you're guarding with the guard button, you can do, like, shimmy and roll. Does it take meter? So, no, it doesn't take meter. You, so basically, you, when you're while you're pressing guard, you press like a sudden another button and you like shimmy or you roll during block pressure. Mm-hmm. So like it allows hmm. you to like 
So when you shimmy, it gives you plus frames because it's like it's like a, a you know a parry. So it makes it guarding a little bit more dynamic. Huh. Okay. Well, I just saw that defensively, whenever you get stuck in in any sort of pressure, so they do like their Gatling string, and then they make they use an EX attack to make it like plus frame, and then they just repeat it. So then they either hit you with an overhead or they walk up throw. So I was like, damn, can't you just guard cancel? Like, get the fuck off me! Like, let me play some neutral. Um, so yeah, so that's something that I was like, damn, every time, and the screen is so tiny, it's like, you're in the corner right away. So I was like, damn, like, I can't go back to playing neutral. So if I get clipped once, I'm like, well, I just got to hold this now. So especially with yeah. no burst and everything. Yeah, that's true. I think, so I don't know if there is a horizontal command jump. I think there No, is. that's, that's one of my, yeah. So I think that would help the pacing a little bit. The, the jump is too floaty, in my opinion. I, I, you don't need an air dash. This is not an air dasher. I, I understand that. But I think, why not add another jump layer to this game? Horizontal jump, command jump. So I'm thinking, like, hop, like KOF, or, or like, oh, a short, a like a short hop. Or you can add, like, a command jump, like, undernight, where you have, uh, literally, there's a command jump. You can, you know, jump Oh, in. yeah. So. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now... There's one thing that I think they need to do, which is they need to revamp the meter system. Every I've even talked, so I've talked to people that actually play Grand Blue, and I've I've discovered this to myself. Meter is useless until the end of the match, one hundred percent. It's good meter for block strings. Just use EX attacks, and most of them that I've seen meter. are like, oh, that's not that's, meter. No. So the way EX moves work is that each special. Those are, those those are the cooldowns. So when you do an EX move, you lose access to that move for a long period of time mm. and it cools back up. So that's the price you pay for using an EX. It's super powerful, but you can't use that special anymore for a while. Seems like they do right? a pretty good job of toggling. So they're always using one of them in any specific situation, at least at the higher exactly. level that I watched. I mean, I'm watching the best of the best play this game. So they know the yeah, strats, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. So again, like I said, that doesn't use meter. So what do you use meter for? Super? The, the super, but you hmm. only get... The meter gain is so slow, unless you're Lowane. And even with Lowane, it's, it's, it's really bad because, like, the way it works is that either you use your super once and never again and use it for a, a situational super or, like, a whatever super... Or you wait until you you're low health and you get your super powerful super, which is when most people use their super. Yeah. And so it's always at the end of the match when people use super. So there's like no use for meter. So people don't really care about how much meter they have until the end of the match. And that's one of the things that everyone wants. It's like, can we get a use for meter? Put it for defense. Like needs to be Put it towards that, defense. Why not? That and also they need to rework meter. Like they need to yeah. be a higher meter game. Because if you if you introduce it for that, then you need meter to do super. So like there has to be like give and take. So you do have to have more meter gain, mm -hmm. but also make meter use dynamic and not just end of the match or end of the round. Here you go. Yeah. I feel you. Um, last thing that I said on here, this is not a battle mechanic, but I couldn't think of another one. I was like, rollback, you know, put rollback in the game. That's a mechanic of some sort. So those are well, those, you, those are my I gave three. You third mechanic. Yeah, there you, you go. We'll use that one. Redo meter. That one's whack. Um, something you teased earlier, right? So another news. 
Cygames also announced that the uh, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Cygames Cup 2022 Summer Tournament, which mm-hmm. will be happening this July, so that's a thing. And lastly, the results of the playable character survey are finally in. So, in a unanimous vote across four regions, fans voted for... How do you say his name? Sandalphone? Sandalphon? Sandalphon? Sandalphone? Whatever. Someone will will correct us in the... uh, Yeah. I don't play play either uh, Grand Blue game. So, anyway, Sandalphone, Sandalphon, the dolphin guy... He's the character that was unanimously voted for the Grand Blue for the, uh, what fans want to see in Grand Blue Fantasy versus. So Beatrix and Siegfried were also the top vote getters, making it into the top three in three out of four regions. So, how about that? Uh, I know Jam likes Beatrix. At least I'm pretty sure he's talked about her before. So, that's a thing. It's actually interesting. I actually saw a lot more husbandos than waifus, which I was like, most uh, gacha games usually like the popularity is around the waifus and not the husbandos. They're probably already in verses, aren't they? Not really. They put the cowgirl in there. They put the fox girl in there. They put the other animal girl in there. (laughs) They're all animals. Why are they all animals? Final Fantasy fourteen and Grand Blue Versus. They're all animals. Yep. You know how it is. You know the vibes. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Um, Jam has one more question. It comes from Patreon. He asks, any thoughts about Grand Blue Versus Side Games Cup Special 2022 having 1 million Japanese yen prize money for the winner? I, I, uh, I got all the all of the, the price break or the prize pot breakdown for all eight spots. So take a listen to this. First place, 1 million yen, which is equivalent to $7,900. Second place, 400 yen, 400,000 yen, sorry, uh, which is equivalent to $3,160. Third place, 250,000 yen, which is $1,970, 70 or, or $70. Fourth place, 150,000 yen, uh, almost $1,200. Fifth place, 70,000 yen, $553. And then seventh place, 30,000 yen, $237. And Jam also adds uh, Shadowverse yearly global tournament, also run by Psy Games, has a one million USD for the winner. But that so, they have a lot of money, Psy Games. Though. Yeah. So the thing I always I always say is that like Japan and tournaments, especially like fighting game tournaments, they always have this beef with each other that is unlike America. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact of it is that like. Japan sees tournaments as gambling. Yeah. You have to have like a programmer license to make a certain amount, right? Or it's capped. Yeah. And so it's capped because they consider it gambling. And so like, uh, I feel like this is a reason why a lot of Japanese players always come to America to play. Yeah. Because they they have a chance to make more money. Because it's like... It's bullshit. It's like... It is bullshit. It's like how amateurs... This is a sports reference, so hopefully people understand. Amateur golfers can enter the Masters, which is, you know, a very prestigious tournament against the best of the best. You have to qualify to get to the Masters. Amateurs can qualify and play and win the Masters, but they can't win any of the money because they're amateur athletes. They're not professional athletes. It's bullshit. So if you're in college, you have to, like, drop out and then go pro and then win the Masters if you want the money. 
But what if, like, you know, you just happen to be pretty good at golf or you're on a hot streak and then you win the Masters, but you, it's not like you want to give up your scholarship and your degree. So it's like, damn. Exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of stupid, but it's whatever. I mean, they're not going to change because Japan is like the world's biggest dinosaur when it comes to anything. Yeah. They do have waifus, though. Yes. So <laughs> here's the second part to the controversy. So the reason why Dragon Ball Fighters and Grand Blue are such a hot de- debate thing is that everyone was joking about like, oh, I, how is fifth? How's Grand Blue fifth place? I thought this game was dead, right? Mm-hmm. It's coming back, right? Like apparently Arc System Works and Psy Games are now talking to each other. No, there's no longer like this animos- animosity of like, I guess the game's dead or whatever. Like they're talking to each other. They have plans. Apparently, during the survey, they even said they're planning on adding more characters that weren't even on the survey. So, like, don't even don't even think that the survey characters are probably going to be in the new season passes. They said we might add more. So, apparently, there's a revival of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, right? Meanwhile, Dragon Ball Fighters is a dead game. No one, Bandai Namco is not talking to anybody. And so, like, people, players don't want to play the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Android 21's killing the hype because, like, she's too overpowered. So, like, the controversy is like, oh, there's here's these two games, but one's being revived and one's getting, like, love and support and communication, and the other is just left in the... Well, one is four years old, the other is two, and the other has been in EVO grand stages or main stages and the other has had an evil stolen from it through a, a pandemic. So it's apples to oranges here a bit. Um, but I understand where the, you know, Dragon Ball people are coming from because it sucks, especially when they see a game that's not even remotely as popular, like Persona being like, hey, roll back. And Dragon Ball is like, what the fuck? Like, we have 3,000 players at Evo almost every year and we don't get anything. So it's like, I understand you know the frustration. I, you know what I have a feeling that they're going to do? They're going to announce that Psy Games paid um, Arxis to implement rollback into Grand Blue. They should. And so I have a funny feeling that Psy Game, I mean, that Grand Blue is going to have that PC month beta mm-hmm. and then it's going to be put into the PS4 version. Yeah. Like I have this, it, because there's no way Psy Games just magically said, hey, we're going to, we're going to revive, you know, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus and not. Because Arc System Works now is on a goddamn tear. They literally want to put rollback into literally everything. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure when Psy Games hit up Arc System, it's like, hey, we're going to bring back Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. The first thing Arc System says is, can we put rollback in it? Hopefully. Well, they'll ask Psy Games, like, hey, are you going to pay us to put rollback in it? And then if Psy Games says yes, they'll be like, all right, we'll get it done. So. I mean, that's what they what Atlas did, so. Yeah, I always I always find that that story hilarious. They Atlas didn't know they could just ask Arxis that to do yeah. it, and Arxis was like, "Yeah, we could do it. Yeah. You should have asked us. We would have done it." Well, Arxis really should have brought it up, being like, "Hey, by the way, do you want the whole rollback thing we're doing for every other game we're putting out to PC?" But hey, better late than never. So that's cool. Exactly. That's cool for Grand Blue Versus. I'm actually. I, I'm not going to go as far as saying I'm interested in trying Grand Blue Versus. But I wouldn't be opposed to giving it another shot in its current state because I don't know what it feels like. I just remember playing Lancelot back in 2020. And I was like, this is 
a Shominazuki that's not even close to being Shominazuki. So why would I play this character? Um, but then again, Sora's looks cool. But I could play Akiko. Anyway, forget about it. Uh, now we can finally get to fighting game topic of the week. Round two, topic of the week. Broken, this is going to be a mouthful. There's a lot to digest here. I'm intertwining two recent events with one overarching theme that I wanted to talk about for a long time. This was a topic of the week that got kept getting rolled back and rolled back. And finally, we're here. We're talking about it. So I titled this An End of an Era featuring Spooky and the FGC circa 2022. There's a lot to unpack here. First, we'll talk about Spooky specifically. So just to paint a picture for people who don't know, Spooky has been a community member in the behind the scenes of the FGC for a very long time, 13 to 14 years, I believe, running tournaments, running locals, helping out with majors. If you've seen anything that has to do with, with New York, either Next Level Battle Circuit, which is the local that they have there owned by Henry Sen, or he's had a long time relationship with XSplit working there. And he's been in the Philippines for a long time. And then he came back. And then he, if anything that has to do with uh, Tenno Media, so I, and I believe he also helped a little bit with Capcom Cup back when that was in its inception days, back 2013, 2014. So he's been, he's been around. Tekken World Tour, I mean, he's been around, has done a lot of behind-the-scene production stuff. So Spooky has been a huge behind-the-scenes figure in the FGC. And he's also, you know, a big community member. So he's from New York, been around for a long time, real OG, and uh, a true fighting gamer. Some would say he is the face of the T.O., yeah, in FTC, like he's the the TO face, like, mm -hmm. for sure. If you want to talk about like he's the true true the pro streamer, true pro streamer. Yeah, yeah. He he is the legend. Yeah, like everyone wants to be spooky. Yeah, so that is spooky. A little bit on him. So after a hundred and eight weeks of organizing fighting game tournaments online during the past few years, where COVID nineteen messed up offline tournaments team spooky will be discontinuing its next level battle circuit online tournament series so this happened a couple weeks ago in a post made on twitter on april 7th 2022 victor spooky fontanez says quote as of today i will be discontinuing my series of weekly online events of course henry sen and arturo sanchez will be trying their best to return players to offline events so please support next level which was my original intent with this series. So like I mentioned, so Arturo Sanchez, also a big time uh, legacy Street Fighter player. He's been organizing tournaments for a long time as well. And Henry Sen owns, he's, he's one of the owner of uh, Next Level, which is the local over there in New York. Uh, Spooky continues saying, NLBC Online is not a part of any official league or tour. We have had the final say on who is allowed in the tournaments, regardless of region. We can choose to not let you for in, or rather, we can choose to not let you in for any variety of reasons, including making our life harder or more annoying, pissing us off, etc. In the same way, you don't have to like it. We chose to include players if we think they could add the hype. You don't have to like it, but it's our choice. Generally, the idea was to default to the best possible connection experience, so poor experiences from faraway regions had to be mitigated. Pretty standard. 
Spooky then closed out by giving examples of interactions he's had with the community with regards to slandering him and his production regarding his organizing rules and generally having participants expect too much from TOs. It seems that Spooky will now set his sights on casually streaming games he enjoys as well as continuing his work on the production side with 10O Media. Before we get to like how I'm spinning this off to the theme that I wanted to talk about for a while, I want to talk about Spooky here for a little bit. So the big issue here from what I understood, and he also streamed uh, like an hour stream talking about what he meant in that tweet. It seems like he's had a lot of interactions, especially online recently by hosting NLBC online after they opened up the region to East Coast, which has been mostly Northeast. And then with some other games, they added Texas in the mix. And they only added Texas in the mix for special players like Brian F. and a couple of others. And for for other people in that region, they, they didn't allow them to come in, mostly because of poor internet, right? Because they didn't want the connection to suffer. But they, if you had good internet and you were of that stature, if somebody like Brian F., they let them in because it does put more eyes into the tournament. Mm-hmm. People were really upset with some of his rules, and it seemed like he got bashed a lot as, as well as him and his assistant. They got bashed a lot online for operating the tournament the way they they were and saying it's unfair when, in reality, I thought that they were just looking at the best way to deliver an online tournament format experience on every week and do it as clean as they could. And he just had enough of people expecting way too much from T.O. that, like he said, is not associated with any sort of pro tour or anything. So he's just doing it out of his... The love of the game. Yeah, and he's not getting sponsored by SNK or Capcom. We know he's not getting sponsored by Capcom for sure. And he's just doing it to keep fighting games alive. So he has been just burnt out with the interactions online and he's just had enough. So that's why he stopped running the series. Now NLBC is back in New York. It's offline. So if you want to go offline, you can. And he's going to do his own things. Obviously, he's going to keep doing Tenno Media production stuff, which is CEO, it's Combo Breaker, it's a bunch of other tournaments. And he's going to stream on his own time. He's been on a streak. I think he said uh, he's done a consecutive, like, if I remember... He's done a consecutive stream every now, like, of what he wanted to do. Like, I think he's played uh, one fighting game, but all he was doing was, like, playing games that he wanted to play. He earned it. He definitely earned yeah. it. The man's earned his right to, like, retire. Yeah, and he's not really retiring. He's mostly just taking a step back because of the fact that he doesn't believe he's been appreciated for keeping the community afloat online during a tough time in a pandemic. And... Kind of, you know, people were just spitting in his face a lot of times and he just doesn't like it. So he's going to keep doing the professional side of things and he's going to take a step back from trying to uplift the community a bit by running locals online, which makes sense to me. Here's my thing that I've heard. I heard that the way the the TO reacted to the guy, also it's it's two-sided. So one side was that the TO that like said that the guy couldn't join was saying, oh, you're in Texas? Okay, you're not allowed. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's like, well, you're an asshole if you're letting Brian F., who's also in Texas. So it's both both were assholes yeah. to each other. But if I heard correctly, 
the guy at least gave him a chance once because he was like, oh, I'm in Texas. And they were like, okay, well, you can't join. And so he changed his his VPN. Yeah, he lied. He was Louisiana, Louisiana, which would have joined. Because yeah. Louisiana is closer to Texas. So technically, he was also an asshole, too. Mm. But this is the thing I'm going to say. I was told that the reason why people were angry at NLPC was because there's nothing going on in the Midwest, all right? Like Texas up, which would be the Midwest, there's no online tournament. There's no online circuit. There's no online like activity. Yeah. It's either you go to WNF or that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And people in Texas, people in like all the way up, they want to fight strong players. And all the strong players, especially for Street Fighter, are at NLBC. Yeah. So they're just upset that, like, I want to fight the strong players. I want to have a challenge. And apparently uh, California is not a challenge, which that's a fucking lie. Okay. Mm. Don't listen to Brian F. and his fucking theory that no one actually cares about Street Fighter. Like, they, they go off. Okay. Right. But um, as I was saying, so he was like, I want to, you know, they want to fight like strong players. So that was the whole reason why they got upset because they're like, we have good internet. You know, you already let two people from Texas fight in an LBC. We have the same internet as them. Why can't we fight? You know, mm-hmm. we want to fight the strong players. But then, you know, Fuki's like, well, those two are like prominent names. And one of them was in New York and was always in NLBC. So like he's a, he's grandfathered in, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, I so, mean, it's also their own rules. Listen, I'm not saying it's fair or unfair, but I'm saying if NLBC online has a certain amount of a certain set rules that they want to establish, I understand Midwest players want to, I'm in the Midwest. Let's say I want to fight good players. Okay. Maybe I should level up my scene. So we have good players here. I think about it that way instead of being like, well, I should be entitled to fight everybody in the East Coast or the West Coast because it's not my fault I live in the Midwest. I'm just trying to play good people. It's like, well, those are the rules. So suck it up, Buttercup, because it is what it is. And it ties into like what the FGC is now in 2022, in my opinion. It's entitled. It's really entitled, dude. Like it's... Honestly, I think we should have a we should have like an online major that is rivaling WNF and NLBC because yeah, like that's the thing is like we started always I've always hated the idea that like the only fighting game community in the in the US is California and New York. I'm like, are you sure about that? Because yeah. There are people all over America that are like way stronger than like half the people in California and half the people in New York. And yet the only two people that ever get talked about is California, New York and the West Coast versus the East Coast drama. And I'm like, yeah, did you guys just forget the rest of the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, and I think there's definitely avenues to start, especially online with online games. There's definitely avenues to start something in the middle of the u.s they can do it but i think people just want to gravitate to the easy route it's like oh just let me in i know i live in montana but fuck it let me into the new york scene because whatever so i i I don't know 
Go ahead. I think what we need to do is we need to get a prominent Midwest streamer slash TO. Sure. To like just start a series. But the thing is that like NLBC had Spooky. Mm-hmm. So he's like the face of TOs. So everyone knows him. And WNF has been so like, you know, so ingrained into like our our minds. Right. That like they just all they had to do was just start an online circuit and then it was like, yeah, of course. It's not anything like that, you know, in the Midwest. It doesn't mean we can't start. Like, it doesn't mean we can't start it. I mean, technically, there's Combo Breaker, and technically, there's, you know, what is it? uh, Frosty. Frosty Fastings. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we can get either Jabaley or not Jabaley. We can get. uh, I think Rick is a little busy now, but. uh... Rick is is busy. uh, (laughs) We can get. I'm pretty sure we could talk to Elven Shadow, and I'm pretty sure Elven Shadow would be 100% more than happy to be like. Okay, it, we could do a Frosty Fasting online. It's definitely and, something that's possible. I just don't think people that Spooky is talking about here want that. They rather just be accepted into either coast, but looks like they're talking about the East Coast, which if those are the rules and they don't want to allow certain people from Texas, then those are the rules. Like what you're going to be like, hey, that's not fair. I was like, he made the rules. You chose to... Yeah. To try to enter his tournament, then you lied about a VPN. I just think that the entitlement goes way overboard. Like that it's not I don't think that's on the TOs. They already work hard enough to put together a tournament, take away their free time. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Like, where's the appreciation for these guys? I mean, they're actually working hard here, and all you do is show up on your couch with your shitty ass Wi-Fi and you're like, I want to play Brian F. It's like, it's not how that works, buddy. You might think it does, but um, I to wanna... be fair, that also that also leaves the New York scene open. Although I will say, I think Bum One Six Three is like carrying the torch that Team Spooky had. Like he's getting a he's getting a lot of viewers. So I think yeah. maybe NLB like the New York scene is safe because they have Bum. Yeah. No. Well, they also have Arturo, and I mean he's he's also streaming and doing locals and stuff. I mean he was doing Virtua Fighter before Virtua Fighter uh, Ultimate Showdown even came out. So. Um, a lot of those OGs are carrying the scene. We just don't really talk about them as much because it's easier to watch whatever, Say Jam talk about this or, you know, Juna make memes on Twitter. Like, it's easier to focus on that stuff as opposed to, like, the real OGs because it's not as not as a sexy of a topic, right? But um, I wanted to spin this to what I wanted to talk about, like, a month ago, right? When I got into the FGC back in, like, the early 10s, I've, uh, early 2010s, I've, I've played fighting games even before that, but I didn't understand the concept of the FGC until I had a roommate who was like, quote unquote, FGC. And I was like, oh shit, what is this? And I fell in love with that scene. I thought it was like, it was so exciting. I thought it was great. I thought you had, it was so interesting to be around during that time. And I'm, I know I'm going to sound like a boomer here, but eventually I'll make a tie into what we're talking about. I thought we had awesome games at that time. Tekken 6, Tag 2, uh, even Revolution. Revolution was cheap and it didn't make sense, but I thought Revolution was fun. Street Fighter 4 was obviously the game. Uh, BBCP, uh, XX, Mortal Kombat 9. I know people don't want to hear that. Mortal Kombat 9 was actually a big game back then, and it like it wasn't bad for an NRS game, at least I thought. And obviously Persona 4 Arena was the game that I went. I mean, I can go on and on. But I thought mm-hmm. I thought the games were superb back then. I thought the personalities that were directly involved in the scene were huge. Talking about Mike Ross. Gutex, I know 
people, when you say Gutex now in 2022, people are like, whoa, shit, that guy? But Gutex back in 2010 was a different person and he meant something different to the FGC than he does now. Eris, Spooky, like we talked about, Arturo, Valle, Watson, Henry Sen, all those guys. The, the list goes on. I mean, you had people you could look at and being like, those are the grassroots leaders that we can look at to see how this scene should almost operate because mm -hmm. they set good examples for newbies like me who were like, hey, I'm just into this scene. What do I do? And Valle would host streams and Henry Sen would have talks in LBC. And it all made sense. And I was like, okay, so this is what the scene is about. Good. I don't know if I want to call them role models, but good people. You have Chris Hugh. Chris Hugh. I mean, you would have, I, I thought, I thought you had really good people to kind of show you the way, even if it was just whatever, vicariously. So that was something that I felt was very important that I don't know if we have it now. Maybe I just don't see it as much. I mean, Valle and like Spooky and all of them, they're still like, they're still there. Like, it's just that the new guard is, the new guard's very interesting because like sometimes I like Hell Pockets and sometimes I'm like, please stop talking Hell Pockets. I don't think, I don't think you can categorize new guard as Hell Pockets. He's been around for a long time. New guard, I think, would be like St. Cola, Say Jam. Well, um, Say Jam is kind of like, I think he got popular during the new guard age, but he's been around. Uh, but I think punk, right. And the, a lot of the, uh, the Panda people are, are sort of new guard. And those are the people that you flock to the Twitter monsters, Hotashi, right? Like that's sort of the people that I think that the FGC online resonates with now, as opposed to back then. Which is interesting because the old guard is all TOs right mm -hmm. but the new guard they're like players yeah and i've always had this weird feeling where it's like tos and players are not the same people nope. okay like they're completely different people tos love the game so much they don't care yeah. okay they're just going to be like i'm going to represent the game well they players were former are, players but by the well, yeah, time former players but by now they're they're tos yeah but like but players they're degenerates they think that everything is theirs the world is their oyster and like so, like, I always find it weird that, like, it used to be that we looked up to the TOs and now we're looking up to the players. And it's like... I think we lost the level of maturity there. Like, you need... I think you need responsible, strong men to lead other men. Like, in my opinion. Like, and not to say that, you know, it has to be a man or whatever. Good. Strong power, not strong, like responsible woman can do it too. But the word you're looking for is figure, whatever figure, somebody respectable. Like, but I don't want somebody who is a Twitter monster talking shit, being, you know, just uncouth online and being like, oh, that guy, I should, I should be like him because that's, uh, that's, this is what this scene represents is like, no, dude, like, that's not what, I, that's not how I got into this scene. Like, I got into this scene because I thought it was like raw and I thought it was, interesting and respectful at the same time you could talk your shit but you shake the guy's hand and you don't have to go on twitter be like the connection was sus that guy sucks i beat him but like I, I was gonna say to be fair the fgc does need a heel like we need heels we got we the got they're all heels now who's not a heel our we got our faces are heels now to who's, be fair who's a face right. now 
who's who's the hero of the FTC now? We need we, a hero of the FTC. We don't we, have uh, every everyone's a heel, and when everyone's a heel, then and no one's a hero, then who do we look up to? Yeah, but anyway, I I mean, so that was that's one part, right? I just don't think that right now as a community we have any sort of figures or role models to really example ourselves uh, or or take an example from. Um, other things that I remember back then is you know it felt it felt real. It felt grassroots. I mean, there were moments like Dominion uh, pranking Bonchan at CEO with his entrance. Everything was black, pitch black. And then all of a sudden he shows up. Those were great. I mean, and it was comical. It wasn't like profane or anything, but it had a little bit of edge to it. And ghost of Evo. Yeah. I mean, it it was so cool. The ghost of Evo. I mean, that came out of nowhere thuggery. Right. But like, it, it, it wasn't like, Oh my God, can you believe that? It was, we had moments like that where I was like, man, the FGC is really cool. I mean, I remember even on a local scale, you had uh, Sherry Jennings trying to pick up Filipino man at, at Wednesday night fights. I mean, that, I mean, that, that was hilarious to, to watch. Um, and it was, it was like joyous. I like vicariously, I was like enjoying the West coast scene, even though I was like in the Midwest. So mm-hmm. I, I don't feel that now. I don't feel like that community like feeling. And I don't feel like it's uh like the community as as solid as it used to be. I think it's fragmented. And I gotta be honest, I fell in love with the community back then and I was like, I wanna give back to the community, right? And I stopped because I didn't feel those vibes anymore. And honestly it stopped when I when I decided to quit writing State of the FGC. And I was like, I'm I used to think of State of the FGC as like a love letter back to the community, right? Like you gave me all this entertainment. You gave me all these games. You gave me all these moments. I want to give something back to the community. Let me recap a whole year's worth of what happened in this specific scene and let me give back. And hopefully I do a good job. I did it for five years because I really enjoyed it until the last year that I did it. And I was like, I don't care for this scene and what it stands for now to continue giving to, to give my time to this scene because it doesn't it doesn't feel the same way as it did back then and that was when i was like it's it's over as far as like the the new age of fgc i was like i can't i can't do this anymore like it's not i can't i can't write about state of the fgc when i don't feel the c in the fgc anymore right like it's just i'm not a part of it so i was like it's uh, i can't I, do it. i get what you mean i think that covid has twisted all of our minds because like the over-reliance on online has caused everyone to just have Twitter beef because Twitter is the, the greatest fighting game of all time. It is. It is. So I think that I think I, it's, I think it's too influential in the FGC, to be honest, that platform specifically. Yeah, it is. So I think the fact that we're finally going offline, you'll start to see a dip in degeneracy and you'll start to see like a rise in like stories that we used to have because you know like how every major tournament had like a story behind it like who's the hero who's the villain who's like mm-hmm. what's the major like thing or who's the who's the what was the story and i'm starting to say that i'm happy that offline events are coming because i want to hear those stories again you know i want to see the characters i want to see like you remember in 2019 like who the hell was Big Bird? Like Big Bird came out of nowhere, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like he's now the guy. Who was Arslan? Yeah, who's Arslan? Like, who the hell are you? Yeah. So, 
there was obviously something happened last weekend, right? So the whole AT&T Cup and all that. Um, this is a great example of how I felt, of how I feel actually currently, how the FGC has changed for the worse. And it has to do with two things, communication, predominantly Twitter and online, and two, mentality. And I think our mentality has shifted so much that I have an example later that uh, I think hopefully will make things clear. So, But let's talk a little bit about the AT&T Challenger Cup, right? So that was last weekend. They did it with Mortal Kombat a few months ago. And now it's Street Fighter V Champion Edition. And all it is, you take big names, big streamers, you put them against each other in a competitive environment. You t take a random okay. game. Five games. Yeah, five games. And this week it was Street Fighter V, right? I think last time it was like Halo and it was uh, Mortal Kombat and it was whatever. So... It's always the fighting game aspect because apparently they do all the shooting games again the same. Oh, yeah, because okay. I, I think they did Halo again. Okay, but I've noticed that when it comes to the fighting game aspect, all of the people involved hate it because mm -hmm. it's a different beast than what they're used to. It is, and we saw now, that. We saw that when MK that girl started crying. I was like, I don't think it's cry worthy, but okay. Now, here's something that I think is interesting. Yes, we're going to talk about NoCo. Yes. But before we talk about NoCo, can we talk about my girl, Emiru? That was something I wanted to talk about, the mentality. The two different mentalities. That's why I was, I was like, this is really cool. But go ahead. So, shout-outs to Majin Obama, Lord Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Hollow be thy name. You know. Anyways... So Majin Obama had an actual like really good synopsis about like Imiru's like thing. Like Imiru forgot to do what everyone else did, which was do her homework. Mm -hmm. And so she saw on Twitter Brian F say, "For all of you people who are in this tournament, just picky Honda and just mash light punch, right?" Mm -hmm. And she, you could see the inner workings of like. I'm getting the game and I'm understanding. She's doing things that, like, I promise you right now, moderate level fighting game players don't even know how to do. And she was doing it with, like, zero practice and having fun, yeah. which is walk forward, block, you know, like. That's a huge concept, turn. too, in fighting games. Like, that's not something that I think comes easy to most newbies. So yeah, exactly. it was it was impressive that she did that. Or neutral jumping yeah, exactly. fireballs. I mean, that's not a concept. Most newbies jump forward in fireballs, right? So. Yeah, she was doing a lot of like interesting mechanics that like are not beginner friendly and with no training too. Like she's just figuring it out and she was having fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And also there was another person, I forget what his name was, but you like a week before the tournament started, he was popping off on like the first combo trial because he's like, how do I do this? How do I do this? It's like literally what it was, was just special into Link. Mm -hmm. And when he got the special into Link, him and his chat literally popped off and you could right. just see like the joy of learning. Yeah. And that's great. So, that's a, that's exactly. a great mentality to have. I really liked, uh, even before Obama put that video out, I, I watched a little bit, few of their clips that were circulating around and I was like, her mentality, I was like, that is, I don't know if you want to call it FGC mentality, but it's much closer compared to what Noko had, which was this rage, kind of like gamer rage and this is not going my way type mentality. So I thought she did really well, despite the fact not being as prepared, right? I just thought the, the way she played was, it made more sense to somebody like me and you who have played fighting games for quite some time 
versus Noko, who's like, I just want to mash and you know put my head in the on the keyboard and have shit happen. And that's not how things should be. It's it's great seeing it's great seeing new players uh start to understand fighting games because you're like, oh man, I used to be me back in the day. It's cool seeing that process again. And I, I mean, I just I just think it we we learned a lot. I want to read this quote from uh what is his name? Is it Noko? Mm-hmm. And so he's, I'm assuming, one of the popular streamers on Twitch, and he was a part of this AT&T Cup. And he's he, the one that had the blow up. Yeah, he had he had a big blow up. But this is a tweet that he said that I actually think is more so hurting this current state of fighting games as opposed to his scrub quotes, whatever, salty tweets, right? Because this is, if you take it at face value, this is a really nice compiled say, or uh, tweet about fighting game players and skill. But I actually think it's more detrimental than it is helpful. So he said, I have, I've, I have had absolutely had an eye-opening experience to the fighting game scene and the skill needed to press every button with a purpose is such a skill that no one can fathom unless you play. Truly massive respect. I loved it, but also hated it. So he was saying that apparently from his perspective, that as a newcomer to fighting games, it takes so much skill to be remotely competent. And he, he can't even believe that there are people that dedicate so much time to this quote-unquote craft or whatever. And they get so good. And he, he just he can't believe that they, they are willing to, to jump that hurdle. It sounds like a compliment. It sounds like he's saying, wow, these guys are godlike. And I, you know, I respect I mean, he them. does say that if you play fighting games, you're built different. You're a god. Yeah. And I actually think that's hurt. That's hurting the scene. Because now, what happens when you get a reaction like that from a casual, right? You get people on the Twitter sphere and the FGC where apparently that's the only place people talk anymore, right? You get people tweeting with prompts like, and content creators and, and everybody with, with a voice says, you know, should fighting games become easier? Right. Stuff like, hey, maybe we should get rid of motion inputs. Maybe we should get rid of legacy mechanics like uh, Korean backdash or whatever it may be. And they pose questions like, well, do we want new players to come into the scene or do we not? Like, oh, I said something that was completely different from what everyone else said, mm -hmm. which is it's not the mechanics. It's not the skill involved. It comes down to how you teach people the game. Fighting games, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Fighting game tutorials are the absolute god-awful worst tutorials in the video game genre. Mm -hmm. There is no other video game genre that does what fighting games still does to this day, which is what we call the info dump. All right? Yeah. And so we, we've spoken about this a bunch of times where we know that that's a flaw in fighting games. But let, let me just ask you a question. Do you truly believe, and see if you can just put yourself in the shoes of a complete newbie. Do I've done it before. I, I, that's, why, that's where my tweet came from. was Because people were like, uh, some people that in the fighting game sphere were like, fighting game tutorials need to be like uni because uni was the god, uh, the god tutorial system. And I told them, it's the God's tutorial for fighting game players, okay? Because it's also an info dump. 
And while, yes, it is an info dump that teaches you how to play fighting games and not just UniClear, but actual fighting games, like all fighting games, because it gives you every single thing. It gives you how to do option selects. It gives you how to do, like, when to move, when not to move, and all this and that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of good information. But guess what? It's in an info dump. It's way too much for a casual player. Exactly. Uh, For a beginner player, right? It's way too much. What I have said and will continue to say is that what a tutorial needs to do for fighting games to modernize tutorials is two routes. One, them's fighting herds route, which is you make a story mode that's engaging and fun, Mm -hmm. and throughout the story mode, it teaches you mechanics, right? Like, you remember how in the cave you have to do short hops to get from one side to the other because you're so close to the ceiling yeah so you're going to get hit by the ceiling if you don't do a short hop yeah that's teaching you short hops right yeah interactive tutorials is what you're talking about not just reading text and doing the prompt exactly so you need to like slowly build skills and not just front load all the skills at yeah. once but also make the the skills being taught engaging because I can tell you right now, I've talked to several um, people that don't play fighting games and all that. Nobody likes an info dump. They see an info yeah. dump and they immediately just say, I'm not reading that. Well, people that like fighting games don't like info dumps either. So I I agree. I do think that what you're saying, interactive tutorials will be a huge step. I'm on the other side, though. Not on the other side. Like, I, I am board, I'm on board with you. I do think it helps. But to say that fighting, like just to, to put out that statement, fighting games are hard. Should we make them easier? I think is already the, the different mentality that I don't believe we should go into because I think we've experimented. And this question of like, do we want new people to come into fighting games? The answer is yes, but at not all cost. It has to be at a reasonable one. Like, it can't be at any cost. Like, I'll do anything to get people to just come play my game. Now, I I don't think that could be the case. Like, we have to put some sort of limitation. I do think there are better ways to teach new players how to play fighting games. And I'm all in support of that. I do think we can do a better job of onboarding new people who are interested slightly in the genre and getting them somewhat capable of doing the small things but it's about mentality it's about i want to get better how do i do it versus how do i make the game easier so i can get better faster i have an example i've been thinking about this for a while let's say you and i are playing roles right so let's say i am uh somewhat of a veteran right let's say i've been playing fighting games for a little while now and you're a newbie right Let's say I'm on the I'm like I'm like a roof on a ca- of a castle, right? And there are no stairs. There's no way to get to the top of the roof. And you're down there on the path, and you look at me, and you're like, "Hey, how'd you get up there? That looks cool. That looks neat. Looks fucking sick up there." And I'm like, "Yeah, it is sick. Check this out. I'm, look how high I am." And he's like, "How'd you get up there?" And I was like, "Oh, I fucking climbed. I had to like use my fingernails, and you know, I used the rocks. Look at my look at all this blood on my fingernail. That shit hurt. But I'm up here." And you're like, hey, that's cool. Can I get up there? And I was like, yeah, just climb. I was like, but that's going to fucking hurt. So you try to climb and you're like, ah, that sucks. Look at all this blood on my fingernails. That was way too hard. Throw me a rope or something. I'm like, all right, let me throw you a rope. So I find the rope and I throw it 
and you try to climb up it, and you fucking rope burn yourself. You're like, ah, oh, that sucks. And it was like, I want to get up there, but I don't want to hurt my hands. I was like, you got a ladder? I'd be like, all right, I guess. That's not, I mean, that's not how I did it, but let me find a ladder. So I drop a ladder down and then the ladder's too long. You're like, ah, there's too much metal on my hands. I don't want to do this. Can you just like build like fucking an escalator so I can just stand here and have it gum up me? And they're like, all right, well, I guess. So then I build an escalator and you get tired from standing because it's fucking taking too long to get up the castle. So now I got to build a fucking mobile chair for you to just sit and just get up there. Meanwhile, I still have blood on my fucking fingers from climbing the wall. So how far do I extend the hand to put you up where I'm at when I did all this work? I'm not saying that you should climb the wall just because I did. That, that would just be an archaic type of mindset. You should, you should be able to get up there easier, but also to what extent? That's what I've been thinking about. It's like, do we make fighting games easy or do we just make them a little easier where it's, it's like, I don't feel like, oh, I, I, you know, I use my hands to get up here, but if you had to use a ladder or a rope, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But that's what, that's where I'm coming with, with my, my understanding. I don't want fighting games to become easier. I think that there's a skill involved with uh, inputs because it also makes it so that that way, like, I hate to say this, but special inputs are how you like gate powerful moves. Okay. Yeah. Like, so if we don't have inputs to do like supers and specials, then they're worthless. Right. But the caveat is, we could teach people how to do those yeah. rather than just say, this is what you do. Why don't we teach people how to do it? I'm always in the, I've always been under the assumption that instead of making fighting games easier, let's do this. Let's add buffers so that it's a little easier to input them. Right. But it doesn't, doesn't remove the skill of, you know, yeah. doing the input. So you see, rather than having zero buffer, Let's give them 10 frames of buffer. Now you have 10 frames to like kind of get the move going, right? Give and take. Like, like I said, I, I, I want the question that keeps coming up. It was like, hey, do you want new people? I'm like, yes, but at a reasonable cost, not at any cost. That's all I'm saying. I know it sounds boomer, but how, how far do we go in this direction of making fighting games easier and simpler and so different that are they even going to be fighting games at a, a certain point? Like if we take away all the legacy skill, we take away the motion inputs, we take away all the things that contribute to the depth of fighting games that make them so fun on every single level, beginner, intermediate, professional. It's, it's no longer there. If we, if we strip it of all the things that make it special, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to make them easier. I want to make them easier to learn. I'm on board with that. So... That's all That's I was I'm seeing from the whole AT&T thing. You had two different mentalities. People saying, this is hard, we should make it easier. And then you had people like Emmy Rubes like, let me just see how well I can do without, you know, just complaining all day. Of just, let me see how far I can go with just playing the game and getting better. And then you saw how, you think, you, you were talking about that Honda player doing the special into the link. And then his whole chat pops off when it works. You think that would be just as satisfying if he just mashed AA and the same thing happened? No work required. No. But that feeling when he did it and the accomplishment and the joy 
that comes from hard work because that shit is hard to do. So when you do something hard, you're like, fuck yeah, dude, that's so sick. But if all you had to do is like click, click, I'd be like, oh, well, whatever, next one. And then you're just apathetic to the whole situation. So that's what I'm saying. Like you want those moments, but they come at a price. So I don't know why people don't see that. I've always, I've always said that like the, the problem with fighting games that literally is the problem is not that they're too hard to get into. It's that no one knows how to teach people how to get into it. I've always said, just change. No one wants an info dump, okay? No. You can front load information, but don't front load it in a text. Front load it like they did in Rev 2, which is an arcade, where basically, like, yeah, you learn all the mechanics in this one tutorial, but you have fun with it, you know? Like, you're doing an obstacle course. You're doing, like things that only respond to this you know but yeah it, i mean this is a topic we can go on and on about it's just something i finally wanted to to get off my chest and i knew we were going to talk we we're going to spend some time talking about this and uh yeah i'm sure this is not the the first or last time hollywood will approach this one but uh we can end this one and then move on to hollywood mail round three hollywood mail all right, Broken, we have Hollywood Mail. Six questions here, I believe. I'll take three, and you take three? Okay, you take the top three, so I can catch my breath. Okay, sounds good. All right, so Brute Slayer on Patreon asks, What's going on, fellas? It's been a minute since I had a question for y'all, so here goes. What a Brute? What are your th- yeah, what's up? What are your thoughts about modding in the fighting games? Do you feel it allows the community to enjoy a game a lot more? Or does it cause developers to create uh, to up their creativity when it comes to upcoming DLC stages, etc.? This question kind of stems from Harada's reaction to a tweet of an Elden Ring mod for Tekken 7 where he begged the modder, Ultra Broy, to stop since it looked so damn good. It, it did look so good. Did you see that mod? Yeah, I saw Harada's remark. So there's two ways I see it. When it comes to like characters and stages, I'm all for it because it doesn't change the game itself. Hmm. And you know what? Sure, go ahead. I I think it's fun. I have mods for Guilty Gear Strive that like you got Supreme they, jackets all over the place. You have voice exactly. lines changed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny, but it that's as far as I am okay with with modding. When it comes to like the other form of modding, which I'm about to say, I'm not okay with, which is the Guilty Gear Strive Plus mod or the Guilty Gear Rev Zero mod. Which oh, is those, yeah, they changed the game completely, right? Yeah, they changed the game completely. I don't like those mods because the games are still active. They still have a chance to, like, change, okay? So why are you changing the game when you haven't even let the game breathe, Mm -hmm. okay? I don't use any. Uh, I don't... I'm I'm not a hater for mods, but I'm also... I don't care to have any of them. I like my game vanilla. I mean, it's cool. That's how the developer intended it to have it, so I like it. If I want to like change the music, I'll just toggle the the BGM or the OST tab all the way down. Go to YouTube and, you and just, just listen to whatever you just want. Just jam to out, play. yeah. So that's uh. But shout, hey, shout out to Brute Slayer. He hasn't asked a question in a long time, but he's been on Patreon pretty much since the start. So shout out to Brute, our waifu watch. He puts waifus all the time in FGC Hollywood Discord. A lot of your recently, hella yours. Again, yeah. <laughs> I've said it before and I said it again. 
I am you. so happy Spycross Family has an anime adaptation. Dude, he, now all the artists are going ham on drawing your forger. He and put, I'm like, I'm all in for he it. He put one that was on Twitter that was so cool. It's of her. And all you see is the back of her head from the force perspective. And then you see her like holding a, sh- a piece of shattered glass and you just see her eye. I mean, that was that was cool. That was so sick. I don't know if you've seen that picture, but it was I like in her assassin mode. Uh-huh. I actually saw a picture of like a actual cosplay and the cosplay is so well done. I'm talking, they even have the weird your hair, you know, like the two yeah. little, like, like everything is down to it. I literally saw it and I was like, wait, is that a drawing? App? Like at first I thought it was a drawing because yeah. that, that's how well it was. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's stop simping. We're not Obama. Zio uh, <laughs> on Patreon asks, I'll wait for a nice calm week before posting my question again. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Meanwhile, there will be no UK-based commentators for this Capcom Cup Pro Tour. Do you agree that it is a worthy worthy sacrifice just so we don't get Logan some stupid C-word face? I don't like saying that word. I'm not British enough to say that word, to be honest. I can say it, but I won't say it in yeah. respect to you, so I won't say it. Uh, do you know Logan Sama? Not really. I don't. So here's the thing. I think that I'm such an American that I know the American casters Mm. and I don't watch the European casters or the European like tour and all that. I hear Europeans, their, their tournaments are amazing. All right. And they have some good casters. They do. But I don't like this. I really don't. I think that it's weird that you have such good talent readily available that want to do their job that love the game that want to like com- commentate and all because one bad egg said one bad thing you th- you just- think that's the reason i i honestly think this is capcom just doing capcom shit i think they're like oh we forgot i don't think this is malicious to be honest i think this this is like oh we're incompetent <laughs> you know what it is i think that we're so esports that when one person screws up, we go back to the tried and true because at least they're tried and true. We don't like try to like keep things fresh, yeah. you know, give people a chance because we're so esports that we have to we have to represent a brand and you know we got to be brand friendly. So we got to. You think Logan somehow being a tool on the internet is the reason why you know really talented commentators like F Word and Tyrant and a bunch of others aren't being a part of Capcom Pro Tour? Again, as I said, we're so esports, we have to represent a brand that why risk it when you have people that you know aren't idiots, that you know who they are, you know everything about them. He is a tool. He is a tool. I don't really like him, especially after the whole... I I didn't like him even before, but uh, even after the whole Sanford Kelly thing on Twitter where, you know, the dude basically threatened him. Um, yeah, I I don't really like him, but I could see how... I don't know that Capcom did this maliciously be like, oh, he's he's an ass, so let me take away jobs from everybody else in the UK. Because they do have talent, especially, I mean, I think when you compare, like, F-Word and Tyrant and even a couple of those guys from France... Um, I guess that would be Europe and that's not UK, but I mean, whatever, like some, some of that talent pool from over there, 
compared to some of the American talent. I'm going to say this, I, you know, and this is not just because they have a rivaling podcast. We have two commentators, in my opinion, that are washed, like two fools that are just like, they were good at a certain time. Now they're not, they're washed. I think they're washed. So I don't know why we're still hiring those two knuckleheads, their grandfather then. Meanwhile, we have talented, talented people on the East Coast. Like you mentioned one, Chris Hugh. Where's where's Matrix and Yipes? Why can't they do more stuff together? Yipes, uh, Yipes is amazing, and Snake Eyes' son, he is like the most degenerate FGC head I've ever seen when it comes to commentating. He brings the hype, but he's shit talking you the whole time. All right, yeah, I, I don't know. Capcom doing Capcom shit, to be honest. You want to take Goofy's next one? Yeah, I got it. So Goofy on Discord asks, with games such as NeoTurf Masters being accepted as part of the FGC culture, what other non-fighting games would you like to see the FGC embrace? Catherine was FGC for a little while, Nidhogg as well, maybe some sort of roguelikes like Shovel Knight, Rogue Legacy, Ghost and Goblin. Those were my okay. uh, my opinion. Yeah. I was like, Catherine, you, I, I saw Catherine at Combo Breaker 2017. I was like, the hell is this? Why is this here? <laughs> but yeah. they were playing it. Nidhogg as well. I was thinking roguelike. What, what do you think? I hate to say this, but MOBAs should also be a part of it. Oh man. The reason I, I say this is because MOBAs teach you how to play neutral. I know that sounds really stupid and really weird, but go play top lane or mid lane in a, uh, in a MOBA. You learn real quick when to go in and when to just hit minions and stay them back. What, and what, when what, to go under the tower. What MOBA are you thinking about exactly all of them they all do the same thing so every single one every moba the way you engage in like lanes is except for pokemon one that one's a different case yeah but the way it works is that but it would have to be a, a team exercise then so you, you won't be able to have it like a tournament or anything yes but also technically no because we do t team tournaments as well. I guess it would be a team event only, because you can't do yeah. like Catherine one-on-one, -on -one, whoever gets the furthest, right? Exactly. So the way the way MOBAs work, most MOBAs work, is that you have three you have three phases. You have the minion phase, the laning phase, and the final phase. All right. And each phase you play the game differently. So in the initial first phase, right? The point of the game of the minion phase is to build up as fast as possible and also to like get some kills here and there. But it's not the moment where you're killing people the most. Mm -hmm. The part of the initial phase is to like dodge enemy attacks, get your two your hits in, but like don't get hit, don't die, and to like just kill minions, right? You then have the laning phase. Which is there? Some towers are already broken because you know people are aggressive in the game. So like some people are dead, someone's strong, someone's not strong. So the point is now that people need to team up and like take terror towers, right? So you'll see like major teamed engagements where like under objectives, right? Mm. And then you have the final phase of a MOBA where basically everyone's defending the tower. Right, like the final tower, the the nexus, or whatever, like the the objective of the game, right? So that's the flow of MOBAs. In the first part, which is the laning phase, or not the laning phase, the minion phase, 
you learn neutral really quickly because it's just you and your opponent unless the jungler ganks. See, now, we're, now we're starting to get not... talk about that, that those layers that we're talking about in almost every game, right? Yeah, exactly. So unless the jungler is ganking in your lane, you need to learn how to neutral. You need to know how to play neutral, which means you need to learn how when to jump, go forward and hit or when to come back and just hit minions or when you're so underpowered that you just need to sit in the tower and just fucking stay there and hunker down. I got to so, be honest but, with you. I don't know as a as a newbie to MOBAs, and as whatever, uh, mm-hmm. not a beginner, but maybe like an intermediate player to fighting games, I don't think I would correlate that immediately to be like, oh, this will help me with fighting game neutral. I would think about it, I would think about it as like a completely unique experience to that game. I mean, I am stretching it. Yeah, like, <laughs> you are. You but are. to be fair, it is under the same idea of neutral footies. I Which think the concept good. here, though, that Goofy was talking about is like, what can you bring to an FGC event that's not a fighting game that could be treated, treated as like... I was thinking, I was like, why not Ghost and Goblins and have people face one-on-one and whoever gets the furthest without losing, without dying that's, is the that's winner. Speed runs. That's speedrunning at that point. Yeah, but you can or, build brackets with that. Yeah, you're true. You could build brackets. One life. Uh, Windjammers. The... There's the Windjammers. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's try to speed run through some of these. So Deco on Discord asks, who are the coolest characters in fighting games? And he means badasses. Tell you what, I'll give you one, you give me one. All right. First one, to... when, when you think of badass, the first thing that came to my, my mind is Brian Fury Tekken. Okay, that makes sense. What do you got? I was thinking of, uh, it, it comes to my head. There's so many characters that are badasses, but like there's, badass in the game and then there's badass in lore you know what i mean okay and who's the first first one to come to your head you can only have I was one gonna say kai i was gonna say kai what but the reason i say kai is in lore he's a fucking beast like he doesn't if you play the fighting game and that's it you think he's just some whack-ass like plain white toast bread but if you look into the lore he is a fucking monster all right like he 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 is like a one man army. Like you send him in a battlefield and the enemy team just doesn't exist anymore. And the reason why he looks like like milk toast bread is because milk toast bread. he has yeah, is because he has honor. And so what he does is like when he fights people in a fight, he holds back significantly. He even explains it in the story. He's like, is this fun? Like he actually like beat the shit out of a soul, and he's like, "Is this fun? Did you have fun? Did you did you learn anything? Was there anything to gain?" Kai just no? looks like like a he looks like a teacher's pet. Like he's the kid that asks the teacher if there's any homework when the bell's about to ring. <laughs> You're right, and that's why I was like, if if we were to if we were to go like in fighting game terms, Kai is like milk toast bread. So like, no, he's boring. But like when if you were to go into lore, he's sick as hell. All right, we got. Uh, Two more here. Lumen on Discord. This is a good one. Do you think there needs to be more genre mashup fighting games? And if you were a dev, what genre would you pick? Stuff like Urgeises Dungeon Crawler mode? That's a Final Fantasy game, right? Or Smash... I'm pretty sure it's like a Final Fantasy sort of fighting game? I don't know. Or, or Smash's many side offering, or even whatever the heck Revengers of Vengeance does. I looked up Revengers of Vengeance. It looks like some sort of 
maybe a adventure game of some kind, and then they have fighting game sequences almost. Um, I put Dragon Ball Advanced Adventure. How sick is that game? It's a beat em up, and it teaches you the moves that you beat up enemies with during the stages. And then you use those same exact moves in the fighting game part. It's so sick. It's one of the best hybrids. Beat them up, fighting game, and you can play the fighting game section alone. You can just go into the fighting game room. Great. I think this has a training be... room. Oh my god, I love that game. So I think this game is interesting, but people are like very mixed with the game. But Code Shifters, I don't know if you've heard of it. It was a game made by Arc System Works, which was like a celebration of all their games. Mm -hmm. Basically, what it is is that you play as a up-and-coming programmer or developer in Arc System Works, but they're not called Arc System Works. I think they're called, like... Um, it's it's still, like, Arc System Works, but, like, the, the letters, but it's, like, amazing software work or something like that, right? Okay. It's something cheesy as hell. And basically what happens is that you... Something happens into the code, and it gets corrupted, and so you go into the code... And you play as Blaze Blue characters or and Guilty Gear characters, and you like you do like Guilty Gear moves with Guilty Gear characters and Blaze Blue character moves with Blaze Blue characters. And then there's like this weird like hybrid moment where like there's an actual fighting game aspect, but it's mostly just a a platforming adventure game. I think that was kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Um, since you're the Guilty Gear guy, I'll let you answer this last Hollywood question. Dang, I just I did all of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Jam on Discord, Strive Season 1 DLC characters all exhibit mechanical complexity variety far greater than most of the base roster. Do you think Season 2 will continue this trend? But at the same time, how would they rework returning characters to maintain the addition of fresh or unique mechanics? For example, Johnny, I suppose his coins fit, Jam and her cards probably fit, if Jam doesn't make Season 2. Do you think there's a chance that existing characters will get new moves? I'm 100% believing that new characters get new moves. Okay. Every fighting game, like when they go into a new iteration, they either change up how a move works or they like give them a new move or a new like special or something like that. Like, you remember how in Tekken one, uh, Tekken 7 season one, it was just bare bones, but then in season two, like you had combos that would like bounce, wall and, bounce, like, yeah, wall bounce, and all that. You know what I mean? And in like, season three, they added more uh, um, guard crushes, so. So yeah, like I, I, I will 100% believe that there's going to be new mechanics and new moves added to like spice up the game. Can I get fucking VCL, please? Because I can't anti-air and strive. That shit sucks. I just want a VCL because people are right on top of me and uh, 6P never works. Not unless you're Testament. <laughs> Although Testament C 6P is slow as hell, but it will just deny the air. That thing hits like. Maybe that's what they did with Strive. They took away all the cool moves so they'd be like, hey, we added them back in season two. <laughs> or like, it's the fucking well, bait, fair, bait and switch. Fair, if you think about it, it's like, you know, every, every other genre where it's like, we take away moves, you learn how to use these moves, and then we give you more moves, and then you learn how to use those moves. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's not how, that's not how fighting games work. But. Yeah. That's, that was a good joke. All right, Broken. It's been a long journey. I'm pretty sure this is might go down. I'll have to look at the stats. This might go down as the longest episode of FGC Hollywood ever. We Although got, we did catch up with all. We did. We finally did. I'm so happy. It's actually, we got a lot done. Um, two more things we got on our 
play here. The Dirk feature of the week. Shoutouts to uh, two, a couple of shoutouts here. Uh, who gets the collar for Dirk? Shoutouts to Dirk. Um, one is uh, Cardi. Shoutouts to Cardi. He's uh, one of the co-hosts of Coffee and Combos. He's in our Discord, by the way. We talk about MMA a lot. And he had a, a soundboard. I just actually listened to that today. He had a soundboard of Maximilian, dude, on episode 82 of Coffee and Combos. That's just hilarious. Uh, you should definitely check out that podcast. And the, it's the beginning of the podcast where uh, Cardi's talking about doing a podcast with Maximilian because they're talking about Triple KO. So, yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was good. Also, another shout out to uh, Nick's Rose, Emily from formerly Team uh, Equinox. So they have stopped operation as a sponsor, but now she's going into more like uh, managerial type role, specifically for certain players. Pretty sure she's going to manage... Um, shoot. Why do I always forget her name? Tekken player, Elisa. Help me out here. Ah, man. Cuddlecore. So Cuddlecore, she's going to manage her. Um, so shout outs to Emily. She was really nice on the podcast back when she was on during TMP episode 86, I think. I don't know. Um, You're going to have to look that back. I don't know. I'll have to uh, I'll have to invite her on again on Hollywood and see how she's doing. But yeah, it's too bad. She, uh, so Equinox and um, Uyu were two first two that I remember outside of maybe Broken Tier that uh, they were grassroots FGC sponsors. So to have funny one of them... That this is a new U jacket. Oh, that's a new U jacket? That's funny. So the, this is red jacket that everyone knows me by is actually an U jacket. Oh, man. You're sponsored. No, I'm not sponsored. <laughs> so yeah. I would love to be sponsored by UU. Yeah. It's a bummer that the, she sees an operations there, but it was, I mean, they, they've had a tough two years as far as being a sponsor. So hopefully they come, come back in the future. But right now she's going to be a, a manager in the FGC and she's really good at her production stuff. Uh, so looking to hear more from her, hope maybe she'll come on FGC Hollywood plus, but yeah, shout outs to Cardi and coffee and combos. Um, that shit was funny. Episode 82, go check them out. All right, broken. What do we miss on the horizon? A few things here that we didn't have time for because we did talk. We, I mean, it was a three-hour podcast, but we spent like an hour talking about SpyX family. So I don't know if we're... Which was 100% <laughs> relevant and yeah. not any missed opportunity. Yeah. I would 100% do it again. So what did we miss? Pre-orders for Capcom Fighting Collection are now open. That releases June 24th, 2022. Uh, we talked about it maybe a couple episodes back. It has Dark Soccer's and all sorts of stuff on there. So go check it out if you're interested. It has rollback. Speaking of rollback, BB Tag officially has rollback on PC and PS4. Sorry, Switch. Stay free. No rollback for you. But also, I mean, just play Persona. That game is trash. Uh, Omega Rugal, or Rugal, depending on where you're at, is out on KOF 15. I guess the boss mode is hard. So that's a thing. Um, not really, apparently. Apparently, oh, people no? are saying... People apparently people are saying that Omega Rugal level five is not as hard as people think it is. Mm. All right, Umbrella There's controversy right there, but whatever. Well, yeah. Oh, that's the controversy. The boss, the free DLC character that you added is not hard enough. People, I tell you. Uh, speaking of controversy, this game always has some Umbrella officially available in Skullgirls, plus a new balance patch is out. So. That's a thing. Um, Hollywood questions, we got to all of them, so that's not anything we missed. Well, we missed one, but it's, you know, 
it's got like 4,000 words in it. So maybe Very we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the horizon, next week's podcast, I'm pretty sure we'll record next week unless there really is nothing, which, you know, we'll skip it. Come back the next week. Three shows a week or three shows a month. There we go. Uh, and then the next thing I'm working on is uh, it's almost complete. I've just been really slow with it. Uh, Gamer B's FGC Legends write-up. So I'm almost complete as far as writing the whole thing. The script is almost done. I just got to edit it together. So, And do voice lines. So uh, that's the next project I'm working on. You got anything there coming up? I know you're a finals, but what do you got going yeah, on? Yeah, my finals. Uh, after my finals and once I start looking for a job, I'm going to start writing up a script for a comedy video yeah, that you're... makes fun of the FGC. I have the, the baseline set up. So once... I have time where I'm not stressing over like homework and like quizzes and stuff. And I actually have a set schedule of like, this is when I work, this is when I come home and like, just relax. I'll start writing up the script. And I promise you guys, it's going to be funny. Okay. Sweet. It's going to make fun of all of the fighting game videos that everyone watches. It's going to make fun of Brian F and Punk and all of their videos and how they do it. Okay. Nice. You're gonna love it. Very nice. I'll. Um, I know you mentioned that you're working with an editor, so I'm excited to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, broken, my man. I appreciate you giving me three hours of your day. I know you're you're uh, a tired student, so I very much appreciate the time. Um, it's all good. I really like that poster behind you. I hope you keep it on up there. It's uh, it compliments your wall. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Shout outs to everybody that listened that stuck. If you stuck this far, um, thank you. I know I teased something at the top of the show. I said, hey, this might be an asynchronous podcast. We might add Pringle to it later. This is what I'm going to do. Since this is close to a three-hour podcast, the segment that I was going to add on this one, that's going to go to FGC Hollywood Plus because I think that's going to be a whole nother hour, if not more. So uh, we'll see what happens this weekend if Pringle is available, uh, but it probably won't be added to this podcast. It'll be on YouTube, FGC Hollywood Plus, and uh, we'll talk about it there. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So I appreciate everybody that listened, everybody that uh, came through. Discord, FGC Hollywood, you guys are pretty sick. Patreon, appreciate the support. Broken Wing, my man, thank you for being here on a Thursday night with me talking about fighting games and weep shit. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, We'll be back next week. If it's slow, the week after that, three shows a month. And uh, that's pretty much it, y'all. So until next time, you know what to do. Keep it classy. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace.